Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, Alana Red. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on the Twit Machine at MMMShow75. In fact, you can find us across all social media at MMMShow75. We have a gamillion things to get to today, so I am getting right the hell to it. Casey, Byron, Meatloaf, how are you doing? Sad. I'm sad. Better. It's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm very happy that Casey is sad. That really. Why are you doing I great? Weaver. One of the all-time great in-ring performers is has passed away. Why would you be doing great, Byron? You're a fucking heel. The Will Ospreay mark. I'm just happy. I'm just happy that Casey's sad. But um, yeah, let's get into that. No, it's it's a very sad thing. Um, uh, hey, Mr. Krabs, you know what Vader never did? He never beat up his pregnant girlfriend, you asshole. Fuck extension, whatever the fuck his name is. We don't need to talk about him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that, it sucks that you know, sucks when people get shot and killed. But, uh, but not when they beat their pregnant girlfriends. Uh, but yeah. Vader never did that. <laughs> Um, Let's talk about Vader because that's more relevant to us. That's a truly heartbreaking uh, turn of events because he had he had gotten real low. He had uh, I think a couple heart surgeries. He'd been battling a bunch of stuff, and then um, he was given like a death notice by a doctor. That, in true Vader fashion, he um, he knows. Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, he (laughs) knows sold for like two years. Actually, I think he did. He did much. He didn't have any health problems like heart stuff. He's 63 years old and 400 pounds. That's like, that's like beating some odds right there, right? Yeah. I mean, he was, again, he was, Byron's correct. He was not uh, in the best of health. Nah. Mr. Mr. Leon White. Yeah, but man, I, you know, still though, the news was a shock and a bummer because like, I don't know, man. Vader seemed fucking invincible. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you watched in the nineties, it's like shit, man. He was, I mean, you got to figure, okay. He was on top in Japan. He was on top in Europe. He was on top in Mexico, kind of sort of, and he was on top in WCW all at the same time, which is fucking amazing. Top guy. He was a top guy in the nineties, like up there. (laughs) And as far as everybody who watched wrestling knew, exactly who the fuck he was and wanted to see him fight somebody. Yeah. And as far as uh, Mexico goes, cause I know we're a Lucha podcast. So people would kind of want to hear that connection a little bit. He was in the UWA, which was, you know, they were the ones where the heavyweight title meant something because connect was the champion. And he was like, I, I would say he's probably the all time great heavyweight Mexican wrestler because most of the legends are lighter weight dudes. And he was a buff dude. Connect body slammed Andre the Giant. Not a lot of people you know can what? say that. A lot of people can say they body slam Andre the Giant. To be honest with you. Yeah, but connected it in Mexico, sir. Come on. Mm. That's you. Not a lot of people can say they did that in Mexico. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, me, Flo? Byron loves to interrupt you. I was going to say, well, didn't Connect actually do it before Hogan? He did. Yes. Um, well, okay. Connect did it before Hogan did at WrestleMania three. But I, but he did it after Hogan did it at Chase Stadium, 
uh, when Hogan was the heel and Andre was the face. Yeah. But they didn't even make a big deal of it when Hogan did it at Shea Stadium. Like the, you know, the announcers didn't like it whole, it wasn't a thing then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big WrestleMania moment, isn't it? Like, oh my God, it's the first time it's ever happened. It's like, no, not really. But Casey, where was that, that photo of you and uh, Vader taken? Oh, that was at, uh, I forget if it was called Wrestle Reunion or WrestleCon back then. It was the last year they did it before they made it connected to WrestleMania so that more people would go to it, basically. Uh, it was over by, like, LAX somewhere. And uh, I met Vader there. Uh, he was working out in the ring in his gimmick. And you could take your picture with him, right? And I got to the con late. And uh, so he was getting ready to leave. And I'm like, oh, shit, can I get in there really quick with them? And they're like, yeah, but he had already taken the mask off. So my regret is that I didn't ask him if I could put the mask on since he took it off. But also, I didn't want him to oh, kick my ass. Dope. That would have yeah. been super dope. But he, he might have just punched me or something. So like, You could have cut a promo on Sting. Oh, man. You know, I, I actually used to call my friends and leave answering machine messages as Vader. Uh, okay what does a vader answering machine message sound like i'll bite okay so so basically it was after he lost to kane they had like a mask match and uh vader lost his mask and uh this is in this is in wwf of course and then looks the camera like i'm nothing i'm just a big fat piece of shit and i used to leave that on my friend's answering machine messages and then their parents would pick up the you know, they check the message. They'd be like, who the fuck is this? Swearing on our answering machine. It was great. But uh, yeah, that was my only line I could do. But uh, and not the most flattering at this time. But you guys made me do it. So you're the dicks, not me. But uh, no, uh, I, I was a big fan of his. And plus, like, mm -hmm. you know, I tweeted about this. You know, me and Byron, like late 90s, we were huge fans of Fire Pro Wrestling. Still mm -hmm. are. And Vader was like the dude in those fucking games, man. Because uh, if you've never played a fire pro game before, they have a thing called a critical, which is like hitting a critical hit in Dungeons and Dragons, right? If you hit it, you can knock somebody out two seconds into the match. It can happen. And Vader, uh, hit, you know, some guys, they can only critical you with like their finishing move. Some guys can do like submission holds. So the Gracies were like a beast for that. Mm -hmm. But Vader, he would critical you with power moves. And uh, he was the guy that you'd be like, holy shit, I'm playing this game for the first time. And I just lost in 30 seconds to a fucking choke slam. And uh, it could happen. But you know what? That could happen in real life against Vader, too, because he didn't give mm -hmm. a shit. You know, his and toughness was uh, stuff of legend. Um, right, right. You're that there's a style of wrestling um, that Battle Arts does that that you're really into, and you when you would come over before Lucha or um, uh, come over before podcast, you'd put it on the TV. Oh, uh, yeah. his old matches, um, the UWF or, stuff with uh, Takata. Yeah, and it's like this. It's sort of like a shoot style type thing, and you know it's guys working, but you also know it's Vader beating a fuck out of someone. Yeah, yeah, and I was. Uh, if you guys want to see that, uh, one of those matches, I tweeted it, um, you know, when we got the bad news, that was one of the matches I tweeted. So it's not that far down on my page on Twitter, uh, or just look up Vader Takata. There's three matches and, um, 
they're all really fucking good. So like the first one, Takata wins. Second one, Vader wins and wins the belt. Because the first one that he lost, he's like, oh, this is my first shoot style match. I'm not used to the style, you know. He had an out to lose. The second one, he's like, fuck it, I'm taking your belt. Didn't he powerbomb? Is Takata looking to get his belt back and take Vader out? And there's there's a few other like shoot style Vader matches, all we're seeing. Yeah. Hey, there's hey, the Marty. man. Hey, Marty. Do you guys hear me there? Oh, Who yeah. Who wants to yeah. walk with Elias? Am I muted or something, man? No, we can hear you. We got you. Can you hear us? Live? Let me see. What am, what am I doing here? We got we got you loud and clear, Marty. I don't know if you're, you're probably not hearing us, but we got you loud and clear. I'll text you soon. Hello. That we have. Yep, hey, we Marty. Roger 10-4. <laughs> hey Marty, what's going on, man? I can't even hear myself. I can't hear you guys either. Oh shit, that's we odd. got. We got to set them up so you can hear it. All right, well, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Can you hear, can you hear us, you guys? Yep. P plugging this in again. Can you hear us at all now? <laughs> hey Marty, can you hear us? Says live, I'm right there, man. Justin, can you hear me, man? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't fine. hear you though. You oh, crud, crud, crud. Oh, damn. Let me see. Uh, what if I? You text it. This is the fun question. part about doing live podcasts, everybody. A lot of times we uh, try to work these things out ahead of time, but we're just like, go, let's go, let's get in there. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, can you try turning the I can't hear up? you guys. You guys hear me fine, but I can't hear, man. I can't hear anything. That sucks. Hey, By Byron, you want to um, see if you can you, walk You want me to try here? calling back or something? Maybe we can get hooked up that way. Let me... Uh, I have a feeling that in your settings, Marty, that you have the wrong thing selected. Um, do you know how to walk him through that, Byron? No. Um, if he's yeah, uh, I'm also wondering if when he plugs in the headphones, if the volume is set really low. No, so it's not that. Him about it's, that. It's when he unplugs them too. Here, why don't yeah. you guys talk amongst yourselves for a minute, and I'll get Marty dialed in. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. So. So yeah. Well. While, while we. I can hear. Yeah. Can you hear us, Marty? Bummer, man. It's like an exorcism. Or where's the Ouija board? We have uh, we have Zeus King Dark in the chat saying he high five Vader and slapped his triceps and it was like hitting a concrete block. Now, Matt. Now imagine that landing on you with a moon salt. Oof. Uh, there's actually. Uh, there's actually a, a uh, compilation of Vader hitting his moonsault successfully on people uh, that oh, I was watching. Successfully, I, I've seen some pretty unsuccessful ones. There's actually one that he did uh, that somebody posted that was the uh, the flag match that was uh, Vader lands on his feet. Well, he kind of like tries to land on his feet from the moonsault, and he yeah. pretty much sticks the landing. Like I think you have to give it to him due to size. Cause like he kind of falls over, but his feet hit the ground, so it should count. Yeah, uh, kind of like a long jump. You know what I mean? Like, 
yeah i think it i think it should have worked but um i remember when um i was watching saturday night and i was uh, a kid watching uh wrestling one of my early wrestling memories is vader with his helmet in the fucking white mountain with harley race telling sting how they're just going to destroy his life now I, I was like this is awesome he was one of my favorite guys from the very beginning the white castle of fear the white castle of fear fucking his helmet would shoot off steam and have red eyes like the helmet yeah. was its own sentient being of intimidation we do have the White Castles out here too, Meef, but we don't we don't have them in California. Like they're they're in East. Do you have them in Florida, Byron? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I don't go outside. I don't want to get stabbed. Yeah, that's a good idea. Where did you get your pizza from? That looks delicious. I was in a triangle. Wait, are you today. talking about White Castles? You know, White, White Castle. Yeah, my junk. That's my junk. So so okay. They so they had it in Cleveland then. Um, it's funny because outside of Cleveland proper, we had them, but not really in Cleveland. Um, but they do have them in Ohio and a lot of places. In fact, Ohio might be where they started. Yeah. Cause okay. So like, if you guys have seen the Harold and Kumar movie, you can now see why they had to go on such a trip to get to a white castle. Cause they're not fucking anywhere. <laughs> they're, they're, we don't get any in California. You can get microwave burgers. From it, I thought they were like some big, massive chain. They are in select areas. Yeah, very select areas. It's kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, how they're not a McDonald's for us in California, but they're more like a jack-in-the-box, maybe? Like, I don't know. That might be more nationwide. Uh, uh, Carl's Jr., which is called Hardee's in lesser states. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You talking about my East of the Mississippi Hardies? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Justin. It's Carl's Jr., man. You know, it's Be funny because I never liked Hardies back there anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. We lost Marty, but hopefully, uh, we'll back in a second. Yeah, hopefully um, it works this time. I, he's a fun guy to talk to, man. Um, But. Okay, so well, we make fun of it all the time on this show too about how how tricky it is to get in here with the the technical stuff. So at least uh, all of the listeners are are feeling exactly what, <laughs> what we go through in general trying to get guests dialed in with the hangouts thing. It's really simple and straightforward, except for the fact that people's computers just don't jive with it sometimes. Right, and uh, Andre Nichols says there's a few in the Midwest, but it's mostly an East Coast thing. Which means they're in Australia. I did not know that. Good day. Andre Good day, Andre. Really? Isn't Andre a French name? He's from oh. Georgia. Oh, wait. Are you trying to tell me that he's a Georgia giant? In Russia? Yeah, the country. You do realize Australia is literally like... All I know is the last name Nichols is clearly Australian because of great Australian superstar Mikey Nichols. I don't know what the fuck they call him in WWE. Um, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's solid logic. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Oh, uh, he is Australian. He, he yeah. Good day, homie. See, there we go. Who else in the chat room? So Andre's in the chat room, obviously. Zeus in there? Yeah, Zeus yeah. is in there. We got Rachel Lamoth. We got Rebecca Locke. 
We have other Lucha Gringo. We have Paul Cross, of course. And uh, I'm not I'm not forgetting anyone. You're not? Nope. You don't have nope. crabs? I don't know. Crabs yeah. hasn't said anything in a while. Maybe Crabs left. Maybe his mom put him to bed. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he, pay, he does the dial-up internet and he has to pay per minute. Yeah, that prodigy can be a bitch, let me tell you. Oh, God. Remember <laughs> that. I'm on the expert on paying by a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, found out how brutal that was by accident. Everyone is relieved that Justin's wearing a hat again. I don't know what that means. What's up, you know, Kevin Flynn? The monster, Kevin Flynn. Okay, so the real question, you know, and this is more for the ladies than the fellas because I don't really necessarily care what the fuck y'all think. You can answer um, it. Okay, glasses, no glasses. Oh, Kevin Flynn's hat, here. Or Kevin hat. Flynn, hold on. Justin, the monster Kevin Flynn is here. We need to – it's the first time he's ever he's ever been in here when we've had the show. Is it the Think first time he's been in here live? Yes. We need a Kevin Flynn. That man, and he goes to a lot of wrestling shows too. He doesn't have time to be watching this shit live. Exactly. He, would go, he was nose to nose with Minoru Suzuki at the last New Japan show in Los Angeles, and he uh, and he he lived to tell the tale. Yeah, he, but Suzuki lived to tell the tale. Exactly. <laughs> we need a Kevin Flynn shirt. Get Kevin Flynn um, shirt made up. The, the the Kevin Flynn shirt is the Mass Max of Mayhem shirt. Damn it! Didn't you see that Modelo ad in the first episode? Exactly. He's basically the Spuds McKenzie of Lucha Underground. Which was great. My favorite Kevin Flynn story is that uh, on the, the first day of taping for season four, he showed up in a member show shirt, unprompted by us. We did not pay Kevin. Hey, it's Marty. Hey, I can hear you. Yes. Hey, oh. yes. Oh, so Kevin cool. shows up to the temple in the in the Mass Match Mayhem shirt. Um I had not even signed the release yet for it. So <laughs> Kevin Kevin almost had to go into the temple for season four uh, first taping without a shirt on. He was going to have to just go in, you know, bare nipples hanging out. So, oh, dude, he, we could have got him some paint. Uh, 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 he would have fit in. <laughs> he probably would have. There was a few. There was a few that day. <laughs> so, Marty, how the hell is it going, brother? You are. are <laughs> wow. We got yeah. you on here, though. You're here. You're here with yeah. us now. We did, man. We're here. Yeah, man. You know, like you and I had talked to, at the contender, Justin, and we were like, hey, man, we got to do this. Oh, yeah. And 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 honestly, the contender is as good a place to start as any. Um, those, uh, what was it? The, it was the, the quarterfinal rounds. I, I can't say anything about what was actually happening other than yeah. holy, wow. Like. Just yeah, every excellent thing cool. you can imagine me saying. There was a uh, there was a few fights um, near and dear to my heart that I got out to, and that shows just there's no way for it to be bad. Oh, I mean, you know, just some of the stuff that they were shooting was like, wow, this is going to be good stuff, and it's cool because it's going to be on a cable network, which is epic, and dude, it's going to be uncensored and it's going to be raw, man. Oh, man, I didn't even think about the fact that it was on Epics, and I could have been in the audience just yelling all kinds of expletives. Oh, man. Yeah, but they're not going to censor you out, though. That's I know. I thing. feel like I, I blew my <laughs> shot. Like, even some of the stuff yeah. I've said at the temple has gotten cut out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Our ECW chant got edited out last week, but that's probably because of WWE. Yeah, yeah because of licensing and trademarks and all the other good stuff that comes along with that stuff, so. Don't well, I got to I got to tell you um 
I had never in my life expected to have a a genuine reason to be starting an ECW chant in the temple. Oh, um, you had a made you, you had a huge reason. Yeah, I, I, I that caught me completely off guard too. Um, and and Ev Dub had said that there was a surprise coming up, and I thought he was talking about Jesse Goddard's from Big Brother, the Mister Spectacular. Oh no! Spectacular came out. I was like, "This is the surprise! This is the surprise, Eric! What the fuck?" And then when Tommy hit, I was just like, I was almost in tears. Dude, crazy. what they should have done is they should have edited in Eric pointing to himself and pretended that it was an EVW chant. <laughs> EVW. Oh. Yeah. But you know, it's funny. I found out like two weeks before Tommy was going to be there. You found and you knew. So you knew, knew and you didn't yeah. tell us, you son of a gun. Hey man, I'm sworn to secrecy, brother. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, but, you know, it's funny. It's funny because I tell people, you know, I said, I only count to three at the temple. That's all I do there. That's my right. story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> right. That's all he does, everybody. <laughs> uh, um I gotta ask you, I'm gonna ask you uh about uh your your compadre there mr knox yes um, yeah it, it is public knowledge i mean it hasn't aired yet but it is public knowledge that he took a little bit of a boo-boo at at one point in time we won't talk about how or what happened but um man how dangerous is it for you guys in the temple it's very dangerous i mean just for referees in general i mean it, it's always been a dangerous job you know and there's a lot of hazards to it and and i think that's the part that a lot of people you know, misconstrued is, you know, we're just guys in stripes counting three, but, you know, it, it can be dangerous and, you know, we can be hurt just as much as, as the talent. And, you know, what happened to Knox, I mean, that's exactly what happened. I mean, he got hurt. Yeah. And I think we can point to Tommy Young as another example of that. I mean, his career was ended due to yes, an it was. injury. Yes, it was. And, and Tim White as well in Hell of the Cell 2001 oh, yeah. versus Jericho. When he took that shot against the ring, I mean, uh, against the cage, his shoulder was separated and it was never the same and he had to retire. Oof. Yeah. Well, don't get hurt, Marty. <laughs> Please don't. Oh, no. oh, man, yeah, I try my best it. not to, man. Trust me. No more Johnny Mundo matches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's like, hey, bro, you're my ref, right, bro? I was like, yeah, I am. So. One of these, can't you just kind of like recuse yourself out of his matches or something? Isn't there some some gimmick where you can say, "Hey, uh, <laughs> I got a cold, Johnny"? Like you're on your own. I could, you know, being that I'm the senior official who makes the assignments and stuff, so I could do that. But Johnny's so freaking good, man, and great, man. I, you know, like I just don't want to miss a moment. <laughs> what if you're the guy that runs in after the first guy gets hit? Okay, Never. we can do that. You know, so I can count the final three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a storyline right there. There it is. <laughs> well, and be careful with that Mundo guy. There's no telling, like, what kind of weird mosquito bite malaria he brought back from Survivor. Yeah, exactly, man. Which is amazing. I, I can't believe that stayed under wraps for as long as it did. And then it came out, and I was like, what? That's where he's been this whole time? I was like, what? What is is he pregnant? Why? Where is Mundo? <laughs> was he really using Johnny Survivor as his name? Watch the show, brother. That's all I can say. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I don't know what he did, but yeah, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Um, I'm swore to secrecy on everything, man. Damn, that's it. nice that Eric's little brother gets to kind of ride his coattails on. Wait, that. is Matt little the little brother? brother? I thought Eric was the little brother. I thought Matt Van Wagen was the the, the big Van Wagen. We mean in I'm our just, in our hearts, not by age. I'm just right. stirring it up. You know what I mean? Wow. Eric is oh. the Eric's the big brother in our hearts. 
Eric well, Davis. I mean, look, as much as I love Lucha Underground, I love that guy, man. Matt has clearly a, a slightly more successful show. Well, now that he got Eric, one of Eric's top stars on it. Yeah, it exactly. Now that well. now that yeah. he's getting Lucha Underground star Johnny Mundo, former Lucha Under, Underground champion, maybe yeah. they'll get a little little ratings bump. Well, he's trying Survivor to steal a couple of stars taken from a Slam Town. He's trying to steal a couple stars from Roach and, and Big Brother too. This is true. It's all one Ooh. big happy big family over there. <laughs> Big Big Brother, Big Brother, Survivor, Lucha Underground. I mean, I think we the contender, the contender. <laughs> All right, so Marty, what were you doing over at the contender? I mean, you were you were kind of helping run that gym over there. Yeah, I actually uh, was the gym manager on the show, so I was running the whole gym, and, and I actually had an assistant and a, a great kid by the name of David Maharis. He was great, man. Um, I, I got hi, uh, hired on by Josie, Josie Lambert, who's oh, yeah. and a producer of Lucha Underground, you know, because we had talked about this and threw it around for a bit before it actually happened. And they needed a gym manager and they needed somebody who could build rings, a la they were boxing rings, but it's like a ring is a ring. So talked to Josie about it. And Carlos Vargas, the medic on Lucha, was working on the show and he told Josie, he goes, yeah, let's bring Marty on. Josie get, great, gave me a great shot, man. I went in there, uh, kind of blindsided by the boxing world but within the first couple of days when i was in there and you know it rocked well i mean you had some legends around to, to help you through it not seem and and uh roach freddie roach yeah. and freaking uh andre ward mm -hmm. For goodness sakes it's not, i mean it's, you were in pretty good hands over there yeah and you know all those guys that you mentioned right now i mean we're just great to work with man i mean very hands-on and you know they would ask me questions i would ask them and then it was great because there's a lot of wrestling fans in boxing and you know when they find out who you are and what you do it's like you know like they want to talk to you and i'm going oh okay so uh, it was a lot of fun a lot of bonding man a lot of bonding with the wrestling stuff you, you would you'd be surprised and just just having conversations with freddie nasim and andre and saying hey you know what do you guys need where do i need to be what do you want how do you want it and just knowing what their needs were going to be, because that's pretty much what the gym manager entailed. That's what I did, man. And it was it was a blast. And I can't wait to do it again. I got to say, I was very impressed with Andre's just overall presence, how he's kind of grown as a as a man, even outside of the ring. And like he, he really managed to carry himself as a legend um, and, and to be both flamboyant and humble at the same time. Every time I, I encountered him. At those tapings which was pretty impressive i i didn't think that he quite had that level of savvy yet but he was really honestly a pleasure to be around and he i think he really brought some charisma to the show yeah he was great and you know to see him go out there and, and cut those promos and stuff too was very impressive man because he really came across like he'd been doing this for years but he hasn't and just to see him interact with those contenders and, and and the folks i mean it was great to see him actually mentor some of these guys too man and it was such a thrill to be a part of, you know, Andre Ward, Nassim, and uh, Freddie Roach. I mean, that was humbling, dude. I, I I still don't know what EV Dub did to get Freddie Roach on the show, or how. Not that not that Freddie didn't seem like he loved every minute of it, but Freddie's a big, big, big name to be taking that kind of chunk of of, of time out of his life and coaching up and coming guys, you know. Dude, it's huge, man, and, and 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 to see him every single day, man, on time to work and do his stuff, man, 
I mean, was just hats off to him. And he's such a sweetheart too, man. Such a sweetheart. When does this show premiere? Do you know what the premiere date is? Because I got to make sure that I'm watching. I, rumor has it. Mm. Uh, October, October on Epics. Don't know when, but I heard October. Yeah. That's a, that's a rumor that I heard. And I'm, I'm, I've been hearing that there might be a live finale episode in Vegas or something. Another rumor. Yeah, that would be awesome if it was. I'd I'd go out for it. I don't know. I'll, I'll be it's there. I, I wasn't <laughs> at the be there. I wasn't at the, the rumor? last two episodes, so I don't know exactly where everything ended up. I I, I got to see down to like the last four guys, and they yeah. were all super exciting. By the time it got down to four dudes, it was like, oh snap! I have no it clue was. where it from here. Um, so if there's still yet another chance for me to see any more of this thing in any fashion, man, I'm going to do my best to be there. It was uh, pretty amazing. Anybody who's a real fight fan, combat sports fan, even just a wrestling fan, if you have never gotten into boxing before, uh, I would say that the contender on Epics is probably a very good place to start. Yeah, um, you got a lot, a lot of, a lot of great know, people uh, behind the scenes, man. Yeah, it's, and it's I think it's a good inroads too. The fights aren't too long. Um, they're not they're a lot more evenly matched than you're gonna see in a lot of boxing out there where promoters try to push one guy over another one. You know, it's a it's a contest show. So you, you it's a luck of the draw of, of who you get and how you get them, and you gotta get in there and stand your ground. And uh it seems like um it seems like the the fighters themselves we're not shying away from the top guys. It seems like they were coming at each other um, for who was going to fight who. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they were all gunning for that one prize, man. So it, it got very interesting. The last four, five, six guys, very interesting. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they were they were afraid to try to prove themselves against the other best guys there too. It's you know, it's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, if I'm going to be the guy, I got to beat the guy. So bring him on. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome because, like, uh, even for non-boxing fans that might be listening to this show, The Contender is just a really well-made show. Like, um, my girlfriend watched the whole first season. She doesn't, like, normally watch boxing. She loved The Contender, you know, uh, the one that uh, that Mora won and uh, the Latin Snake. Latin Snake. Yeah, that was a, that was a great season. And... Uh, you know, and, and it got her to watch Tough Enough with me, I think, too, unless that happened first. I can't remember. Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's part of where these shows come from. I mean, part of why the UFC is so huge was because of Ultimate Fighter. I mean, right, these, yeah. shows, these shows are a good inroad into the sport. They're a good cross-section of what's going on. You get to get behind guys whose stories are fresh and new, so the announcers aren't assuming that you know anything. It's just a really good place to start uh, in general, so... I'm excited to check it out and uh, excited to see what what our man Marty Elias had to do here. Who wants to walk yes. with Marty Elias? Oh, horrible, Justin. At the first Elias on Twitter. At the first Elias. That's, yes. that's the new handle, right? At the that's first new handle. handle. <laughs> that's new handle, brother. I like There's it. a reason for it because they said Elias with me before they did him. So there you go. See? <laughs> I love it. I Who's better story. on guitar, you or, or that other guy? Oh, come uh, on. Uh, I'm better on bass, uh, but I, but you know what? I'm just better at everything. Maybe maybe you your catchphrase should be, who, who wants to pick with a last then? Exactly. See, and you know, I have my own picks. He doesn't. Exactly. exactly. What, what, have you what have you formed a band? You're the lead man. You're in the front with the microphone, and then he was like in the back in the shadows, but he got to fill in some music. 
would you want to do a band with him like that? Like maybe Absolutely. he could behind he could be behind a curtain, maybe. Yeah, you know, you know what I was even thinking, you know, that I should go in and manage him. How about that? Oh. Double Elias's. I like it. No. Elias Alliance. Elias exactly. Alliance. Yes. You spell Alliance with an E. There you go. Eli. Then, you, then you can trade. Then you can trademark it. It works. You're just printing money oh, right now. That's what we're doing. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Thanks for the ten percent. Exactly. Chat room. If you have any questions for Senior Lucha Underground official Marty Elias, make sure you type them in there, and then Byron will probably ignore them and not read them. But you know, it's worth a shot. You're overestimating yeah. my literacy. Um. So. Marty, I want to ask you a question about Lucha Underground. Um, you were the referee, I believe, in the Dragon versus Dragon match this week, right? Ooh. Yeah. Yes. There could so, be only one. Um, what is it like when you're in there with two guys that are going that speed? Because we've, I mean, we've talked about Lucha Libre and stuff before, but I mean, there's there's like refing a WWE match with some top guys who are going to work a certain speed, a certain style. Everyone knows what's going on. And then there's getting in the ring in between Dragon Azteca <laughs> Jr. and Drago. Yeah, if I could add to that. Operating at a different speed. If I could add to that yeah. question a little bit, it's like how tiring is it when Drago, whose offense is 99% different roll-ups with near falls, to have to keep getting up and down for all those pins in that match? It's called doing your cardio, man. Nice. <laughs> hey, Mark, you've got, uh, didn't you do a, a cardio or, or a fit challenge with Mundo recently? Well, hey, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Uh, actually, when we wrapped on the 17th of March for Ultimate Lucha, I was 204 pounds when, when we wrapped. And like you said, thank God I did some cardio when I was doing that, but I was over 200 pounds for those tapings. So Johnny and I always talk about everything and anything under the sun, man. And I, I kept complaining about not being in shape and everything. And he turns to me and he goes, you know what, dude? He's like, everything you've set your mind to, he goes, you've done it, man. You've refereed all over the world. you top stars. You're doing stuff. You're here. You're on glow. He goes, if you set your mind to it, you can do it too. You can be in great shape and look great. He goes, I challenge you for season five, dude. And that's all he said. And I went, wow, he's right. So I, dude, you already run won the challenge, ladies. I'm here to tell you, Marty. Marty <laughs> is in lady killer form now. Ooh, when easy. I saw him at the contender, I was like, "Who's this skinny guy? What's going? Oh, hey, I thought you were a wrestler or a boxer." Thanks, man. I appreciate Why that. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. I mean, you know what? What what really did it for me is 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 like I committed to it. You know, like I've done everything else, and what I did is I changed my diet drastically, and I I, I just really intensified my, my workouts, you know, cause I was, like I said, I was doing cardio, but now I'm doing cardio. And, you know, right now for me, it's maintaining because I was 204 pounds on March 17th. Uh, as of today, I'm at 167. Nice. Wow. wow. And I, and I was, uh, wearing a two X shirt. I'm now wearing a medium. What did you do with your diet? Are you doing, uh, like paleo or don't, or don't give him any secrets byron just needs to be, be a fat ass send him I, an, a medium mmm show shirt a oh medium? he's a medium justin that's, how do you feel about that the aspiration is to get into an mmm show shirt and look like jim velasco 
Hey, hey, and, and that's the thing, you know, you're like, I'll wear your guys' tees. You guys know that. Oh, it's coming. During a match? You got one coming. No, you got to wear the stripes during a Come match. On, be, be happy that Striper wore one on air for us this season, man. It's, it's unprompted. Making, it's making you know, sure with the stripes You know, it was, funny, it was funny because I haven't seen uh, uh, episode two, but I've seen uh, the, the, the premiere. And you guys got a lot of TV time, man. Congrats. Yeah, there's a reason for that, Marty. There's <laughs> oh, a reason I'm sure. I'm going to tell you what the reason is. It's, there's no, there was no favoritism. We had a lot of people in the audience that first night that um, were unaccustomed, let's say, to the traditions that are held to a high standard in the temple. Mm-hmm. So a couple of fine gentlemen who had been to a few tapings before, namely Byron and myself, felt the need to to be temple leaders for the day and kind of get things Mm -hmm. amped up and um i feel like brandon our our, uh handy dandy cameraman there and in bleacher section um, god bless him god bless the kid (laughs) he bumps better than anyone and we'll talk about that later i hope that shot they should leave that shot in the show because he kept the shot the whole time hey you know it's great you know it's great he took a bump at the contender too (laughs) <laughs> did he? <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, oh I should have busted his balls about that. We're gonna have Brandon on the show oh. at some point too. So. Oh hell yeah, dude! I yeah. love that guy. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, Good dude, man. Yeah, he's a great oh, guy. Nice. So, I th- it was funny because you know Brandon's got you know he does this thing where he's still got a shot, but he kind of is looking around and it. He was almost angry because every time he was just like, "God damn it, Byron and Justin are the only ones doing anything right now." Fine. Fuck it, I'll put the camera on those guys again. Well, <laughs> it was they just would like cut, they would cut to the bleachers every now and then because they just had to at some point cut to someone else, and you would see a bunch of people sitting down. That never happened before. Unacceptable. No. Unacceptable. It, and people look, are feeling entitled, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, you know, get get amped up and don't get me wrong. There were some things that, on the production side too that kind of made the night go a little long, that slowed things down a little bit. Like it was, it was everybody. The crowd was a little yeah. off. A few things. It was just a little off. But at the mm-hmm. same time, the only way that's going to get any better is for everybody to start putting more into it, not putting in less. So what you have there is not Byron and I saying, you know, fuck this. This isn't this isn't the old temple, blah, 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 boo-hoo, like a lot of people were. We were like, fuck it. We'll we'll take this into our own hands. We're gonna make this feel like we want it to feel. We are yeah. here to feel a certain way. We enjoy Absolutely. acting a certain way when we're here and doing this a certain way. So we're just gonna do that. Rest of yeah. the world be damned. You know, and and we did. We had fun, you know, in spite you know, of like any, you should. any hiccups. Yeah. Like you should, man. And um, I got a lot of shit last week because, you know, I gave an honest critique of the first episode and it being a little bit off. But what people don't understand is that we all knew it was a little bit off. Everybody who was there was like, damn it, that wasn't quite what we were hoping for. And it sucked. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Nobody wanted to be that way. Just I'll was, say this. I'll say this so to, much to all the naysayers and whatever. If, if if we were feeling that, you should have felt everybody in the back. I mean, it was, we all knew, we all knew, but we said, look, tomorrow's another day. That's what we're going to go do. We're pros. That's what we do. And okay. It is what it is, man. And you guys recovered because this week's episode was freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It, it, so. it was, it was amazing coming back the next day. Um, there was a lot of things that changed overnight. And, mm-hmm. and you think that things can't change overnight, but I don't know 
what happened with you guys in the back, it doesn't seem like it was in a negative fashion too. It didn't no. seem like, you know, EB dub came in and, and rallied the troops by saying, you get your shit together kind of thing. I don't know. There was just this positive vibe, this positive energy. Yeah. Byron, kudos to Byron too for bringing his friend Vanilla Ice that day. Yeah, yeah. that that also that raised spirits. Thanks, man. That did. Hey, no problem. He he loves it. We were talking about it the other day. I mean, we talk about it often. Actually, he had such a great time. He brought his family, uh, and every one of them came up to me and told me how much fun they had. It was awesome. He needs to come back for season five, bro. He wants to. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's, we all, let's I, I thought it. he was going to, Byron was going to twist his arm to come back for Ultima Lucha, but I think he had some other engagements, right? Yeah, he had a, I think he wanted to, but then he found out he had a show, oh. something. But um, but it does show uh, the night one to night two thing. I think what stood out to me is that it showed the professionalism and and the pride that you could tell that top to bottom, everyone in in Lucha Underground takes in their, in their job. Because it it could be it could be easy to get demoralized from that first night, or to, yeah, and to start, you know, I'll, you know, I'll let you guys in on a tidbit. When we came in that next day, and right before we went out and started shooting and everything, EV Dub did have a meeting, a talent meeting. I'm not going to say what was said or whatever, but EV Dub is the type of leader that when he says something a certain way, man, you want to go out and bust your ass for the man, and that's what we did. So, I mean, I feel like that person him. in the audience, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he'll come out and, and specifically talk to a lot of the believers in the crowd and he, he'll get them fired up like, hey, guys, we got some good stuff planned for you today. Yeah. You got to come in there with all your energy and give it give it to us. Like he he basically will come out and direct the crowd before the show even starts. Yeah. You know, and he'll yeah. get people fired up. And yeah. And in previous seasons, he's come over to me and said, Casey, these people are dead. What the fuck? And yeah. then like, <laughs> like, it's my fault. <laughs> Good job. There's locker room leaders. There's temple leaders. There's you know mm -hmm. production. And leaders. there's EV Dub the leader. Yes, yeah. yes. That's what a good leader does, man. I mean, well, look. Let's be honest. But Roach and DJ are great writers. The performers are awesome. You and and Rick and Justin got your act together. The man's got to do something for his money. <laughs> He's got to do something to earn a paycheck. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. You should have seen him on the Contender, man. Same thing, dude. It was awesome. That honestly almost seems like a harder job to me. I mean, re wrestlers, you know, they're there to be on TV and, and do a certain thing. Fighters are a different breed, man. I've worked with fighters. When I was working on Tap Out, producing fighters is a nightmare of any kind because they're not there to play TV as much as they are there to stay alive and then murder the hell out of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to get them to think about where cameras are and where things go like wrestlers can do that stuff. Cause they know they want that shot at the end. They know where the hard camera is. They know what they got to do. But I feel like any producer on a show with real fighters is just like asking for it, man. But uh, it seems like you guys had a good cast over contender too. And, and yeah, it was good, man. You know, like um, I can't wait for people to see it just like, you know, uh, the, the rest of season four, man. I mean, you guys were there and you, you guys know what's happening, man. I mean, a lot of good stuff, man. So what are you most excited about without without spoiling anything? Is it some of the feuds? Is it working with certain talent? Or, you know, what moments are you feeling like are really going to uh, put it over the top? A little bit of both, man. A little bit of both or, or all of the above, I should say, because, you know, getting to work with some people who I haven't got to work with in a bit. Um, some of the angles and the storylines, you know, with, with people who deserve a shot, you know, 
and who were really going to, you know, surprise a lot of people this season. You know, it was good to see those characters, you know, storyline wise, you know, move up or move on or, or do something different, you know, which was great. And then it, it really uh, gave a few of those characters, you know, an opportunity to, to shine this season. And just, you know, we had a different vibe with the new temple and, you know, it, it really pushed us to do something different, you know, because we had a different canvas, so to speak. And that's what we did. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a little strange for all of us at first, but I got used to it very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, venue, venue wise, I think I like the new temple better in a lot of ways. Hey, here's a question that a lot of people have been asking about. And I've talked to a few people about this and gotten very different answers. The yellow second rope, Marty, I have heard that uh, some of the luchadors were asking for a brighter colored second rope. I've heard that it was just a design thing um, as part of the new temple. I had heard that they decided to go all blue at first and then the yellow came in. Um, you being the senior official, is there any specific reason for that second rope to be that color? I, I will say this as the ring guy for Lucha Underground and in talking with our, our set design manager, Kelly Van Patter, which I'm sure you guys know Kelly, it was a production design. It wasn't anything to do with this or that. It was a different design, different colors, given the temple, different feel. That's all it was. Okay, so it's just the, it's just the color palette. I get it. That's it. That's it. That's all it was. It, it had nothing to do with this or that or whatever. I mean, it was just the color sequence matched the vision and what they had for the new temple, and that's all it was. Well, I think I think that brightly colored second rope is uh, good for Phoenix because when he's doing that stuff where he like bounces off the top rope and down and uh, like I've seen him miss that stuff before and oh yeah. Oh my God, every time he did any of that kind of stuff in, in season four of Lucha Underground, and we've already seen it in the first couple episodes, amazing. Like his rope well, work and the stuff he's doing is ridiculous right now. Well, it also goes back to, you know, having somebody who knows what the hell they're doing about the ring too, you know? So, I mean, got to make sure the rings and ropes and everything, you know, are, are okay. okay. So, but people, so, people uh, don't know this. We get to see this in the temple. Um, before saying. every match, Marty will come out and check the tension on the ropes too. And for yeah. certain spots and certain guys, ropes have to have a certain level of tension. And for the Absolutely. high flyers, I'm, I'm assuming they need to be a little tighter and whatnot. But mm -hmm. do, do you do you decide that, or do the, are the talent telling you that, or what? Like, who's deciding the, the tightness of the ropes? I mean, given on a grave consequences, you're going to loosen the shit out of the bottom third rope or whatever, so you can slide in coffins and whatnot. But on regular matches, who's deciding that? Well, it depends on who's wrestling. Uh, you know, season two, I had Ray Ray say, hey, can you make sure that the middle rope is tight and I need the, the top one with a little bit less tension, 619. So with stuff like that, or Phoenix has a specific spot where he's doing his deal or they want to try something different, a different suplex or something, or they tried something new in Mexico that they want to try here. It's a, hey, do you think I can have that top one really tight in this corner? Or do you think I could get it tight in the middle? So I'll say, yeah, sure. And knowing my tension and what works and stuff, I'll go out there and go off a of feel and stuff. And there you go. This is the kind of stuff you don't get to see on the show either. It's like, yeah. I wish they had just one clip of you kind of coming in and checking them every now and then just as a transition. So people oh, I see wondered about stuff that going too. down. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Like why were you, it was it just maintenance. Like were they loosening up or, but it's really interesting that you bring up that, Sometimes the wrestlers or the luchadors have a preference and they mm -hmm. want to adjust yes, between do. matches. That's really yes, cool. Sir. 
or, or Johnny will say, hey, Marty, can you make sure those tight, the ropes are tight all around? All right, cool, man. You know, make sure that they're tight all around. It just depends, man, on what the guys are doing. Well, Johnny will come in and say, make sure you're looking the other direction so that my wife can come in and beat up on Cobra Moon. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like what he's we doing. We need to get Marty in the UK. Side, by the way. I really don't What's like that? Mundo's I don't like Mundo's attitude towards the reptile yeah. tribe and Cobra Moon lately. Yeah. Really, wow. really just putting me off. Friend, friend of the show, Cobra Moon. Oh, uh, yeah. You forgot that part, Byron. Friend of the show, Cobra Moon. She deserves more respect. She deserves better from. You her just peers say that now until we get Johnny Mundo on the show, and then you'll be marking out for him for a year. <laughs> be like, I never, I, I never <laughs> called you names once. One of my favorite. <clears throat> My favorite thing to do when Johnny Mundo, since uh, since he turned teal uh, mid season one, is to uh, give him a middle finger and call him a fat ass, and uh, and tell him that he looks like he's been looking at a loaf of bread lately, and that his body fat percentage wow. has to be at least 07 percent. Wow, that's great. We need um, Marty in the UK, by the way. It's it's a lot to yell, by the way. I don't think it really comes across, but I know what I'm saying. Wait, me? Are you trying to book Marty Elias in the UK? Oh, who's trying well, to book Marty Elias well, in the UK? We, Do it. <laughs> we we need we we need Marty for Phoenix's sake because I've seen him run across the top rope and nearly die. No. And, and that, that all, thing and that all goes it. back to rings, man. The way rings are built, the way they're assembled, who's maintaining the rings? You know, as a matter of fact, like well, that's we, my that that's my job on Glow as well. Which is I the next we, thing? We, we you run a cable in America, don't you? Yeah, run cable or rope, you know. You know, like I've worked with yeah, both. And we, see, you know we, how to work we, with both of them. Ah, see, there we go. Because we just, I think in the UK, or we just use rope. That's it. After all, that's all you can use. I don't think they allow. Yeah, yeah. The and you cable. see, you see what happens with rope. What rope is with rope? What you need to do is you need to bring your bottom come-alongs in first, and then you got to bring your rope in. You know, one at a time, because what happens is, is when you bring that tension in all at once, it just messes up everything and your come alongs and your ropes start doing that. And that's why they, they're loose. Shit, man, I should charge for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets. Yeah. Yeah. We have some UK yeah. listeners, too, that are probably like, uh, get my ropes yeah. right. <laughs> Wait, do you twist it? I was not giving tips on the show. It, it's no, it, it's all experience, man. We have some questions in the chat room. All right, send them in, Byron. Send them in. Send them in hot. Sending them in. Uh, let's see. Rachel Amoth wants to know you, uh, how to. Pr I pronounced your name wrong. Sorry, Rachel. Uh, what is your favorite match that you officiated seasons one through three? Ooh, ooh, look at that. Uh, this one's from Marty. Season two was uh, Pentagon versus Triad, and uh, which was amazing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it was cool because I love those girls. I mean, those girls were phenomenal and worked their asses off, man. And I'm so happy for their success right now. I mean, one of them's in Ring of Honor. Two of them are going to be in WWE. So that's fucking mm -hmm. awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, but that one and then the Johnny Mundo all night long and uh, Willie Mack all night longs were, were pretty good, too. Oh, like part one and part two? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, with Puma, so with Puma and, and with Willie. The, the one Willie I thought was better. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Surprisingly, I, love I, I guess it isn't surprising. Willie's fucking he's it's yeah, Willie man, rules, dude. He was I love man. Willie. Was Rock, it man at the taping after after um was it the first one? Didn't they lead uh, Willie Mack and someone I forget whose name it was? 
led the audience that the believers around on like a giant conga line yes after the match. yes yes that yes, was so did. much fun yes they did <laughs> only lucha underground oh kevin <laughs> kevin flynn asking the important questions what does marty think of justin borden's white pants I love Justin. <laughs> white pants, white pants don't mean shit, man. You can wear red pants, blue pants, as long as you're in there being a fucking referee. That's all that counts. I love Justin. Doesn't matter, dude. I mean, have people not heard of Torontes or or red shoes? Like, come on, yeah. refs. Yeah, they have red shoes. I mean, Torontes. Let's not mention Torontes. It, it's 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 all hate. it's all entertainment. I mean, it it really doesn't mean anything. Referee's part of the show. If he's wearing blue pants no pants or whatever it doesn't matter man the guy's in there as long as he's counting one two three he's not getting his shit in i mean he's still there i mean he's part of the show so you know take it for what it is if you don't like it well fuck i mean was it, it was it after labor day though yeah uh, no that's just shoes the pants are okay it's white shoes after labor day. i don't care about his about his heel status that just might be a fashion faux pas I don't know though, but we have seen yeah. the no, we've seen the no pants referee whenever Shawn Michaels used to referee. That's true too. That's true too. As long as we don't see the uh, the coked up Rick Knox referee too many times with the super. Yeah, kicks. you know, but, but here's the uh -huh. thing, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, talent changer gimmicks and costumes all the time, man, and nobody says anything about that. You know, like they want the new shirt or whatever with the new gimmick. I mean, what's wrong with the referee going in wearing white pants to change up his look? Jericho does it all the time. Yeah, it's weird because I get I get what some people are saying is like, you know, they have that that McMahon kind of theory of the referee should be not seen. Like you shouldn't even really know mm -hmm. the ref is there. You shouldn't know who the ref is. Yeah. But I always liked in WCW when they would kind of acknowledge who the ref was and the guys oh, would yeah, get and, and the, the little nature gimmicks uh, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And or how and about then, when um when Bischoff fired uh, Pee Wee Anderson? He has a family to feed. Well, and yeah. I, I the, the whole thing to me is, as it's still entertainment, I know, yes, if we're talking in a world where we're trying to portray everything like it's a straight-up sport, we're not going to know who the referees are necessarily. But even these days in the NFL and the NBA, they're, they're telling you who the lead official is now. Mm -hmm. Those guys are getting yeah. more mic time. They're becoming personalities and characters. Yeah. Announcers are starting to know the refs' backstories because they have a huge part in the games. Yeah. And I just yeah. I don't see a problem with wrestling going that way of like it's an entertainment sport it's sports entertainment it so entertainment. the referees you know you've got a third guy in there if the third guy in there can be part of the entertainment as well and you're paying him why not yeah exactly. and we see it in mexico we see it in japan we're just not seeing it in the u.s until now and you know i mean come on mexico you got a referee with a see-through shirt and some suspenders on uh, you know <laughs> Did, 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 WWE, did, did WWE make you shave your facial hair? Because uh, no. I've noticed that none of the guys, none of the guys there have facial hair. And did, it, didn't Tim White have facial hair when he was? Tim White had facial hair. Um, Jimmy Corderas had facial hair. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just yeah. their new crop of guys. They look so young, man. All the refs yeah. in WWE look like babies to me right now, and oh, I don't I, know I, I, almost Drake, any though. of them. What's that? Drake has a, a Hulk Hogan tan, but uh, he's, he's a legend. Yeah, <laughs> like me flow. Me flow. What is your problem with Torontes? It, it's Ejo Del Torontes that he has the problem with, actually. Yeah, oh. he, he he messes he messes with my shit. 
right. he messes with Phantasma, and that's just you know that's it. You mess, you mess with Phantasma, you fuck with me. Phantasma <laughs> isn't podcasting with you tonight, Mifo. Yeah, where's your mannequin, dude? I, I'm facing the other way now. Oh, it's in for a cleaning, I guys. I, I, I told the <laughs> chat room. I told the chat room he was in your bathtub. Marty, Marty, just so yes. you know, Meatloaf has a life-size uh, black mannequin that is anatomically correct and still months into this is undressed and sits in the background of Meatloaf's room. He, he claims it's going to have Phantasma gear on it eventually, but it's been months and it's still naked. It's very jungle latte. It. Calls it the Outlaw LA Red. Nope. I don't <laughs> nope. There you go. Look at there he is. There he is. He's oh, he's got he's got a Los Ingobernables. Oh, he he's a little modest today. He's got a hat. I'm not going to show you. Start. I'm not going to show you the crotch. That's the start. You got a hat. Terrible. I never showed you. Yeah, we don't want it. We don't want to get a red flag on YouTube. Don't move the camera no. down too far. Anyway, so yes. Marty, meet Meefloaf. Meefloaf, meet yeah. Marty. I don't think you guys have met before. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is I talk over Meefloaf all the time. He's he is. Weird, he's he is. Yeah. He is chatting live from the UK with us right now. I love like, the UK. What like time of the morning is? Yeah, it's like a whole different day there already, it isn't is, it? Time ten goes. past four. Ten past hey, four. Meefloaf, what, what numbers yeah. do you run on a lot of tickets? Understood. Coming up. Wow. What's that? Um, I we got to speaking of tickets. speaking of talking to Meatloaf, we have another question. Um, Marty, what are some of the things that you that you've seen in the ring uh, while officiating that make you cringe? Uh, green people get in the ring trying to work, and people mm -hmm. doing way too much, and doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. I'll tell you what my biggest wrestling pet peeve is is. Guys who are green who wrestle in Timberlands instead of wrestling boots. Mm. It's like you're already new. I get that you think it's part of your gimmick, but you're wearing work boots in the fucking ring. It's, well, they'll learn when they move. they'll learn when they break their ankle, right? Like it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, good. but even the buckles, man. You catch somebody with the buckles the wrong way or Ooh, something. It's yeah. bad news. So what is that with the with the wrestling boots? Some guys wear sneakers. Some guys wear boots. Some people wear. Uh, a6 wrestling shoes. Some of them were kick pads. Some of them, you know, whatever. A tennis shoe. Don't what know, makes but, a what yeah. makes a wrestling boot? Or shoe? What makes a wrestling boot? Ankle yeah. support, right? Like ankle support. Yeah, yeah. Because like the A6, like those are legit collegiate uh, wrestling shoes that they use in NCAA. But I mean, as far as like Timberland boots and stuff like that, ew, not good. Yeah, I know when Rob Van Dam broke his leg on the baseball slide back when he was in ECW, he said if he wore regular wrestling boots, that probably wouldn't have happened, but he still didn't change to regular wrestling boots. No, man, it's just different strokes for different folks, man. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. I remember there was a point in WWE where Vince wanted the referees wearing wrestling boots at one point. What do you normally wear? I wear um, Puma. Uh, uh, sky high tops, Puma. There you go. I'm plugging you, bro. I wear Puma shoes on uh, Lucha Underground, brother. You hear that? So you hear that, Puma? Get my man yeah, some shoes. Exactly, He's putting man. it out there. Shout out, out there, to man. Bola Entrant, uh, Puma King. Yes, Puma, dude. Love Puma. Yeah, and and since you wear Pumas in the temple, we can have you be the new representative of the Jaguar tribe because yes. they need someone right now. Yeah, the Jaguar oh, tribe. Is, oh. Speaking of empty right now, isn't it? Speaking of Puma, um, 
I don't know. This is another show that I forget when they air. Um, but uh, they had a takeover thing that Saturday, and um, it was Ricochet and um, and the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream. Velveteen wore Ricochet's old Puma pants that he didn't wear. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, I've but, seen that. So but he came dressed as Hogan with the Puma pants, and if, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, they did like move by move for like the first like maybe five or so minutes of Hogan and Rock. Starts. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? <laughs> that match was over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it one so of my cool. favorite favorite crowds in all of wrestling in that match. Too, Justin, too honest. Wow. <laughs> no, no, perfect. That's that's spot on. Spot on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and look at that. I just got followed by EV Dub on Instagram. Hey now. He's oh, he's doing it. He's doing it, everybody. The boss man has gone to Instagram. I have. I seen it today, and I followed him. I went, "Oh my god, he's on Instagram!" So I, I was like, "I got to follow him." I haven't got to follow back, but uh, I just got it. I think I followed him like four days ago. <laughs> I can't wow. wait to see what he eats for lunch. I don't know that he. I don't know that he messes with uh, Instagram much. He might need a tutorial from Byron, who is becoming quite the uh, social media. Oh, he is. He is yeah. our social media um, liaison. Is that like a good word for it? I guess so. It's just I'm a guy who has a lot of free time. Yeah. Well, Byron has been doing the live tweeting from MMM show during the West Coast um, Lucha Underground as of late. <laughs> you're so. you're in you're on the West Coast. You live tweet. The East, the East Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I do the West Coast from Florida. At like two in the morning. I don't know how how that happened, but I guess it works. Um, but yeah, we're on Instagram also. Um, uh, we're pushing the MMM Show Instagram account, MMM Show 75, keeping the brand consistent on all social medias. All right. If you so- don't follow us, by the way. Marty, I have a question. Were were you involved sure. in uh, Glow season two that is premiering on June 29th on Netflix? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, but I was I wasn't on camera this season. Uh, no, what? You were uh, on camera. I wasn't on camera. Oh, oh, camera. Not gonna uh, watch it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll watch. I mean, it, but... I, I mean, as much as I would love to have been on camera, I mean, just being a part of that show is pretty cool. So, what they have you doing this year? That you're just working kind of ring technician stuff and helping them out ring technician, helping them out. Um, I actually helped them when, uh, I think, I think it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. But there's was something to do with the ring and they helped out with that. So it was cool. So yeah, I know I've talked to Chavo a couple of times. He is super excited about it. Um, I think, I mean, if the first season is any sign with where those ladies got to, um, in the ring in that first season, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. pretty impressed. And you know, if that keeps going through the second season, you guys are taking people who are not wrestlers and making them kind of wrestlers. Yeah, well, that's I what mean, Glow did too, right? Like that's yeah, what the original show did. The original Glow did that too, man. They had actresses and models, and Chavo's uncle Mondo was the one who trained them. And you know, you come full circle, and you know, you got Chavo who's training these wonderful ladies. I mean, and it's great because the, these girls were so passionate about what they were doing and wanting to learn and make it, you know, look real and, and be, you know, you, you know, they wanted to do it justice is what they wanted to do. And th- they did that. And when you guys see the wrestling stuff from season two, you guys are going to be blown away. 
Man, I'm glad you mentioned Mondo Guerrero because I love that man so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to I used to buy like the Gene LaBelle wrestling hold instructional videos and he was the guy that Gene put all the holds on. <laughs> it was they're they're so good. If they're on YouTube or something, like people got to look them up. I you know, I used to buy them from like Black Belt magazine. They're amazing. That's awesome. One of my favorite magazines of all time, next to Mad Magazine, of course, Casey. Don't yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a subscriber. Justin, did you get your Mad shirt? Um, <laughs> okay. So I talked to Hooven, dude. Uh, <laughs> and you see, what happened with my one. Mad shirt that I paid what for twice is that uh, huh? it's in Connecticut. <laughs> Hoovertude sent my shirt to Connecticut. Oh, that wasn't even the address he had for you. So uh, I've, pur I've purchased a, a, a shirt from Jeff Jarrett now instead. Um, and and me and Hooventude may have to have a little bit of heat. We may have to have words if we run into each other. <laughs> Just saying. Wow. I'm I'm a big Hooventude Guerrero fan, but uh, you know, it, things might have to go down. I so, might have to so if you would like to in, in Tijuana for for some action, if you would yeah. like to support friend of the show Kevin Cross with a Mad shirt, you're really giving money to Jeff Jarrett. But they're available on ProWrestlingTees.com. Exactly. Hey, hey, Justin, you and I have something in common uh, <laughs> with the shirt. Um, I paid Coco Beware for two shirts one time, and I still haven't seen those shirts. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's it. What, that's it. Tag match. Coco yeah. and Hoovy versus me and Marty. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I know I know okay. who's taking the pin in that match. No, no. We, I, want, I want hybrid kickboxing okay. rules, man. I want to be able to throw real strikes. Okay, so <laughs> battle, art, battle arts rules? Yes, battle yeah. arts rules. Uh, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so that's my only hope, man. Because Hoovy... The hell old is Hoovy anyway? That motherfucker seems like he lost a step and then got back too. Well, it's because he's a vampire, <laughs> Justin, and that's why he can't ship you your t-shirt correctly because he has to go to the post office at night when they're closed. They're if you guys saw the emails involving getting this mad shirt yeah. from Hoovy, this started like three weeks ago. Do you have like, the address he sent it to? Oh my god, it was so was amazing. So every email in every email I sent Hoovy, it said the address that I wanted it shipped to. And Hoobie was like, yeah, yeah, brother, don't don't listen to my guys. I got this. I'm going to do this myself. They don't know stuff to the, the states, right? I got this. I do it all the time. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Hoobie is actually handling this shit. And then finally I get an email and I, I look at the timestamp on it and I know it's only been four hours since he sent it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Because the email says, okay, brother, I've got your T-shirt. I'm going to the post office right now. I'm going to mail it. This is the right address, right? Totally a different guy with a different address in Connecticut. I'm like, fuck. And like, I, I want to point out that Justin's name is his email address. It's like, <laughs> and then I sent, and then I sent it back to him and I said, no, no, that's that's not that's not right. My address is this and this and this. And I got a reply that said, okay, yeah, that's fine, brother. We got it taken care of. And then yesterday, I'm like, Hoovy, what's up with my shirt? And he's like, oh, bro, I sent that to Connecticut. Write a letter to the Connecticut dude. <laughs> like, motherfucker. I, I, I tried to. I was going to order the masks, wasn't I? 
Yeah, I told, you, I told you, Meatloaf is not going to buy your $300 worth of mass now because we're afraid you're going to never ship it to him. He's going to ship wow. it to Idaho. Sorry, that's, that's, my, yeah, that's my tangent for the day. So, yeah, found off Jamaica. I mean, those shirts are so cheap in Mexico anyway, I don't really care. As long as I get one yeah. eventually. But I'm sure you will. Get one. <laughs> um, I hope Jeff Jarrett doesn't send you it. Oh, God. If he does, I hope he sends it to me with him wearing it and his Hall of Fame, you know, thing next to He's it. He's going to sell you some gold. He'll oh, be like, my. Justin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the problems Hoovy gave you. Here are some light up JJ glasses. I have faith in Jeff Jarrett. I think that Jeff Jarrett has turned a corner. Do you guys not think that? No, honestly, I have faith in Jeff Jarrett, but pro wrestling tease is the one shipping it. So you'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry. I got to say, I was, I was uh, recollecting about this today. Jeff Jarrett is kind of the one responsible for, for me getting into new Japan. Oh, wow. And probably cool, a lot of people. Interesting. Cause he brought was what was it? Wrestle kingdom 10. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Uh, dude, I mean, the guy's got got the juice. He's got the pull. Dude, what I love I, I love Jeff Jarrett because in 2002, man, he gave me a huge opportunity. Um, when he was doing the WWA uh, with uh, the Australian group out of Australia, when he did the World Wrestling All Stars, which oh was the Nathan Jones and stuff was there. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes. So th they did a pay per view at the Aladdin. And um, I actually got to work with him in the main event against Brian Christopher because of uh, Percy Pringle and I being friends from UPW, told him who I was and stuff. And Jeff called Percy and uh, they put me in the main event and it was pretty awesome, dude. See, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of which, Marty, what do you got coming up? You're doing, you're doing bumps and bruises. Is that right? Yes, I'm doing bumps and bruises uh, this Sunday, uh, the 20th. It's going to be cool to uh, work with uh, Bob Hawley and Al Snow again, man. That's going to be fun. And just to that. see those guys. Just to see those guys, man. And then uh, tomorrow they're doing a seminar out in Stanton, California, which is going to be cool. And if anybody's listening in the SoCal area, whatever, in this area, I mean, if you want to learn from two of the best men, you need to attend this because they will tell you how it's done. Yeah, I'm afraid of Bob Holly. I'm not gonna. If lie. any of you have read Hardcore Holly's book, you know that Hardcore Holly is a no bullshit individual. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell I, you I, I feel like I need a little bit of bullshit. Like Bob might Bob <laughs> might keep it too real for me personally. Bob Bob's a sweetheart, man. I, I used to travel with Bob, dude, and he's he's a sweetheart, man. It was funny because I seen a video. I think you guys may have seen it too on the bumps and bruises uh, feed on Instagram where Bob is chopping the shit out of uh, Sammy Callahan. Oh yeah. That that's OG Bob yeah. Holly right there, man. Oh, so wonderful. My uh, first ever couldn't have gone to a more deserving guy. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, I do want to recommend hmm? What'd you say yeah, me? My very first my very first live WWE show. I wanna it was three months before Owen Hart. But um oh which is quite amazing. But oh, wow. um, it was Bob Holly versus Al Snow in a hardcore match. And they went <coughs> like a steel chair, but it was from ringside in the UK, which means it's padded, like yeah. with like two inch thick cushion. It's hilarious. <laughs> I can only imagine. Everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. The table wouldn't break. They, uh, oh, they no. had a banana spot where they slipped on a banana. It was So Al Snow <laughs> threw himself through the table. 
Wow. Yeah, he does that. I love it. That's tremendous. Yeah, like I can't wait to see those guys tomorrow. I was at a local uh, wrestling show that the Headbangers were at a couple weeks ago, and they were here. They were doing a hardcore match and throwing uh, chairs around, but they were plastic ringside chairs that were also padded. And I was a little bit like, eh, they're plastic padded ringside chairs. Uh, the Pope was wrestling against them. He smashed Thrasher over the head with it and busted him open like hard way, <laughs> like three inches. He had the big old gash. Oh, not cool. <laughs> those those kindergarten chairs don't play, man. Like yeah. uh, like AWS used to use those chairs all the time when Bart was doing the shows in the parking lots. And uh, you know, you get one of those thrown at you, and it, it's not fun. No. <laughs> those are I like the heavy chairs, but I mean, you know, it can't be worse than the New Japan tables. Uh, no, no, those <laughs> Japanese tables are built to last. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Casey, Casey, did you know that that Triple H is wrestling The Undertaker in Australia? Yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. You want to know bigger news? The Undertaker's on Instagram posting selfies backstage at concerts. And it is legitimately him because Michelle McCool has verified that it is The Undertaker on Instagram, which... Oh, wow. That is mind-blowing to me. Mm Mm-hmm. This is so crazy. So has he cut the hair yet? I thought he wanted no. to be done with this shit so he could cut the hair. Uh, dude, dude, he can do what he wants with his hair. We, we've seen that no matter what the Undertaker does with the hair, the power remains within him. He's not Samson. <laughs> the urn is there in spirit because he doesn't want to carry it because someone will steal the urn. You know, so he doesn't need to keep it with him at all times. But, you know, he's got the power within him. Undertaker's my favorite wrestler of all time. God bless him. I want to retire like some of these guys. Can I have that kind of retirement? Like when we do episode 100 of the show, can I just fucking retire and then get paid even more money to do the show and like only do it in Australia? Get to do it in Australia and in Abu Dhabi and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, and retirement is amazing. (laughs) I love it. Um, All right, Byron, you got anything else from the chat room for Marty? um let's see we got um lots of love for marty in the chat for sure lots of love oh Uh, well thanks thanks guys even more hyped for uh glow people are super stoked about glow yeah um they should be marty's gonna be everywhere this summer he's gonna be on uh you know the contender on epics he's gonna be in lucha underground on el rey you got glow coming to netflix um marty has been working his butt off for a year where you haven't seen him so he can capitalize on this yeah. next four months where you do see him yes and I'll, I'll, I'll be on access tv with wow as well oh that's just awesome that oh yes yeah, that just so got announced yeah it did, I, I, yeah. I just I, I was talking to david mcclain during lucha underground about this stuff and then you know to, to get on board with that and then to see the announcement i was like right on so yeah i'll be part of that too Tell oh, yeah. David to call me. I know he needs a couple more producers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I told EVW to tell David to call me too. So I, I, oh, yeah. I, 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 I have to pass along that all of the, uh, all of the fans that are on this message board I go to uh, are huge fans of caged heat of wow. And if I didn't say that they would give me shit for not saying it since wow came up. So they're really hoping caged heat is in this new season. Uh, of uh of wow yeah yeah because they were on the original so they're kind of yeah, okay 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're big fans. You and have to Riot, wait and see. Yeah. 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 Have to wait and see, man. We're yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Total cool. and Marty's like I know he's Marty, got a couple um, of stars, but speaking of uh, David bringing a few a few of the top any names that are still out there and available. I think there's yeah. a couple that he could snatch up that would really kind of push it over, but I'm not gonna say that out loud. He can call me and I'll tell him. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do some digging. You gotta know what's going on because I'm sure Marty already knows is. and Marty's already like, dude, we got them. They're already good. <laughs> They're gone. Well, hey, hey, you know, like I said, man, I just show up to places and count three, bro. That's it, man. That's so, my story, and I'm sick oh, yeah, to it. You're coming <laughs> on our podcast to start kayfabing us? Now, <laughs> and, and I don't know if you can answer this or if this knowledge is even out there yet anywhere or if they even know, but are they going to try to do WoW around the clock all year, or are they going to just – are they going to try to do it like a, tapings more like Lucha Underground? I haven't been told anything about tapings or scheduling yet. I just know dates, and that's pretty much it. So I, I don't know what the format's going to be. You know, well, but I hope I hope they do it every week. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things, too, about Lucha Underground. It's like, damn it, if there was just a way, if there was some way, like for them to go to almost the impact kind of schedule of, right. you know, tape yeah. once or twice a month and just keep it going all year round, that would be so awesome. But at the yeah, same time, it would be. at the same time, maybe it wouldn't be, though. Because maybe that would take away from the the being able to to write a more grandiose storyline that yeah. really works with a bigger vision. Because yeah. I, when you start doing that week to week thing, it's like you start reacting to the audience more. You start kind of hot shotting stuff or playing to what's hot for the moment instead of just really doing what DJ does, which is writing your stories, committing yeah. to it. Oh, zigging when you have to zig and zag because I know he got hit with a few of those this season. Oh, yeah. More than one. I mean, look, it's no secret that that several talent that DJ was hoping to get his hands on that he was writing to get his hands on were not available to him <laughs> in very inopportune moments, which just yeah. sucks. I can't yeah, even I imagine being in his shoes when you when you know EB Dub calls you up like, hey, you know those three guys that you wrote that bit for? They're not coming this weekend. Uh -huh. Yeah, and you know to be honest, like there was stuff already written. There was stuff written. Stuff had to be re rewritten like that that morning. So yeah, not cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the looks on their faces on a couple of those days where it's just like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. You know mm -hmm. so. Don't don't blame don't blame the producers for everything, guys. Sometimes shit just happens. That's not yeah, shit happens, man. So you know, that's what you do. So yeah, man. Hard subject uh, to change. Hey, th that's why it's always in that fine little print, man. So. so here's my last question for you, Marty. Sure, man. Um, we've seen some new talent now on the second episode. We've now seen Sammy Guevara. Um, mm -hmm. we've seen uh, Jake Strong, our buddy uh, Jack Swagger. Um. And of and course, Justin, don't forget Big Bad Steve. He's new to us, okay? He's he is a great bass with a a working zipper now. He is yes. a true mechanic. <laughs> he also has his head on. He has a good head on his shoulders, Justin. Finally, <laughs> yeah, sure does. <laughs> um, but so what did what did you think? Uh, what do you think about these guys? I mean, uh, I think uh, the 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 Jake Strong debut was a big deal. I mean, that definitely had the internet buzzing this week. Um, some positive, some negative. Most seem to be pretty uh, intrigued by it, if nothing else. What was your thought on, on bringing in those guys? It was great because you give guys like this a different platform, a platform to shine, 
and you give them a, a different audience, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, there's, there's a place for that. And he is um, there doing it. And, you know, the storyline, you know, of course, DJ and Roach are amazing as far as what they're doing. You know, by the time Ultimate Lucha Quattro airs, I mean, people are going to see why. And um, it, it was just great having him in there and, and working with him, too, and, and, and knowing what he can do. And it just gave him an opportunity to, to do something different for him. Yeah, and, and, it, and it helps Lucha Underground. I think so too. And it's, it, it's weird because a lot of, you know, a lot of people were like, we need more luchadors, less white mm -hmm. dudes from, you know, pro wrestling in America. But mm -hmm. at the same time, if you're going to get one of those, why not have yeah. it be Jack's fucking swagger? I yeah. mean, the, yeah. the guy, and, and it's so, it's so funny too, because in the ring, he seems so tough and so mean. And mm -hmm. after you talk to the guy for like three and a half seconds, it's really hard to imagine him being that mean, awful, tough, badass guy. He is so fucking nice. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's a cool dude, man. And, you know, I, I remember when he first came in in developmental, man, uh, a young little skinny kid named Jake who walked into Bill DeMond's class. I still remember that day. You know, that was cool. And to see him where he is today, man, I even told him, dude, this is great, man. I'm enjoying it. So that was cool to yeah. see that. He has come yeah. a long way. So what about yeah. – Sammy Guevara, do, uh, do you see him getting where he has the potential to get to? I mean, he's he's good-looking guy. He's got the the high-flying moves. He's certainly got the physique. He's in great shape. Um, do you think he's got the the mental goods to really get to the top of the game? He's still young. You know, he still needs a lot of grooming and work and stuff. Does he have potential? Of course, he does. You know, um, and he's just going to get better. With, with with more experience and exposure and things of that nature i mean hopefully you know he doesn't hurt himself doing what he does and stuff but mm -hmm. you know that's where wrestling is today and you know just wish him all the best i'm glad he's a part of lucha underground you know we we can groom him we can show him showcase him to the world and you know that's just going to help him get more bookings or whatever but you know it, it's good to have him there you know um it was funny because uh, i had never met sammy before and um when he came in his first day, he was wearing one of his shirts. And I think one of his shirts says, uh, I'm the best or something like that. It's his logo or something. Right. It says, I'm the best, best or something ever. like that. Best ever. Okay, the best ever. Okay. So I seen his shirt and he's sitting in the locker room and I go up to him and I go, best ever, huh? And I went, hmm, that's funny. I said, because I think the best ever is working at NXT right now, retired and walked away. <laughs> they got i love it <laughs> is that i'm a little slow on that one is that is that the other guy who does the 630 they have a little bit of a twitter beef over the 630s no it's hb shizzle brother hbk <laughs> the heart is he coming out of oh okay he's the best yeah you know now yeah. is he coming out is he doing one more is he doing was, one more who hbk no yeah, hbk no. Yeah, he he. Uh, by the way, he was training. Uh, Nobody knows for the that answer match. to that question, Byron. You know that, right? HBK I doesn't know. even know that answer to that question. He gets no, he knows, and he says Marty no. Knows and he's gonna tell us. Sean says no, but let's see what Marty says. Yeah, <laughs> I say no. Oh, thank okay. you. I don't know. I, I was at that uh, that uh, Emmys so for your consideration thing for WWE, and Sean came out and. It really does not seem like that's where his head is at. I, I just can't. I can't see him doing it. Yeah. 
I mean, well, he was a part of putting together and training Velveteen Dream and putting together that match. I mean, that has to be a lot of fun for him without breaking his back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he's he's having fun. He's grooming these new kids. He, he you know, he's got his, his office position where he still has some say. Like, uh, would you go back? I think Dream even or Velveteen even did like a HBK shuffle at one point. Just a little <laughs> shout out to him. Nice. I love it. But 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 here's my thing. There'll there'll only be one HBK in this business, man. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And he's still around and kicking. <laughs> yes, he is. He's still doing the damn thing. Well, Marty, it was great to have you on, brother. Thank you so much for swinging through tonight. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Appreciate Everybody, it, man. Don't Thank forget you, Marty. Lots of fun. Thank Don't you, forget Marty. to check out Glow. Don't forget to check out The Contender. Don't forget to check out Lucha Underground. Don't forget to check out Wow. Don't forget to check out Bumps and Bruises on Sunday and the seminar tomorrow. Like this dude fucking what works hard for it, guys. He works for it. You selling well, shirts too, Marty? Yeah, I, I got some new shirts that, you know, uh, uh, I dabble in that stuff. I mean, it's not like people are, you know, breaking down the door to buy a Marty shirt versus a Pentagon shirt. But, you know, I got them. And, and you know, if people want them, you know, they want them. If they don't, I'm cool with that too, man. Um, but I do have them. Yeah, but, I'll, you know, <laughs> you know, but I'll have them at uh, Bumps and Bruises, by the way. So, you know, I'll have them there. So get out to Bumps and Bruises. That's downtown LA, right, Sunday? Yeah, yes. At, at the Boomtown uh, Brewery. Broomtown Brewery, that's right. Uh, yeah. Jim Velasco, our other co-host that is not here tonight, is going to be there. Uh, I might try to swing through, especially since the uh, Mav Pro event that I was supposed to go to tomorrow got canceled, sadly. Um, but it is what it is. So, again, Marty, thank you so much for stopping. Thank you. Me, brother. Appreciate you. Thank Appreciate you, guys. Thank you, guys. Whole crap hole to get in here. <laughs> hey, can I plug my social media real quick, man? Yes. Away, brother. Okay, uh, Twitter. I changed my handle. So my handle on Twitter is... At the first Elias, it's spelled out T H E F I R S T E L I A S. And you can After find that down below the description, right there on YouTube. If you're watching on yep. YouTube, I put that uh, put that link in there. So follow Marty on. And uh, at in Instagram is at Marty Elias sixty seven, and Facebook is just good old Marty Elias. You got it, brother. You know where to awesome. find the man. You know what the man is doing. Thank you so much for stopping by, Marty. Appreciate Thank you, you guys. Marty. Have My a pleasure, night. man. You too, guys. Thanks, Take man. Care. Appreciate it. Cheers. Um, now, I'm interested because Marty actually sparked a discussion in the chat over who everyone's favorite of all time is. Yeah. And also, I think the idea of a pantsless ref went way over with everyone. Yes, um, which you saw Sean do uh, – during the Bret Hart versus Undertaker match where Undertaker was robbed of his world championship. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, though. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, official or referee Shawn Michaels, um, Austin Aries also uses the gimmick of bringing a banana to the ring. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, you know, Colonel Robert Parker brings a jump rope to the ring, apparently. <laughs> I bring a jump rope made oh. out of eggplants. Um, so who's your who's your favorite ever of all time, Byron? Uh, Sammy Guevara, because his shirt told me. No, I don't. Uh... <laughs> I would love, you know, if gimmicks worked that good, the wrestling world would be amazing. <laughs> I didn't know it, but I guess I guess it's Sammy. Possible Baron yeah, Corbin I mean, gets an actual badge, like yeah. just because it's on his shirt. He's got a constable has a good government job. It's that weird funky hat. Because gimmick says it's a new spin off show. 
Oh man, it's hard. I mean, uh, it's hard to say favorite is because I had a clear and defined favorite up until we once. know who your clear and defined favorite is. We know it's Chris Benoit. It's okay, Byron. Uh, nothing more. <laughs> um, it's no, because see, you're saying because of the thing that happened at the end. Yeah, that he wasn't your favorite for the seven or eight years before that. Well, well, you know something, Justin. Uh, Byron can't really decide who his favorite wrestler is, so he can go ahead and share Casey's if he likes. Mick Foley? <laughs> is that you? No, this isn't Mick Foley. Mick Foley's mother is a whore. It's, it's Percy Pringle. I'm just an old man, Justin. Even older than yourself. Brother Love? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Look at his giggle. Justin has the best giggle. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, did you like seeing me in my tidy whities during Beyond the Mat? Good morning. Sorry. Good morning, yeah. Justin. The, the drink almost came out of my nose. Did you know that on the high definition transfer, you can see a bit of my scrotum, Justin? <laughs> a couple gray hairs in there. <laughs> Nothing to be ashamed of. Oh my god. <laughs> we get the we get the best guests on this show, guys. <laughs> if you ever had any doubt, it's right here on Eminem Show. Beeflo, I won't even ask because so I already know the answer to your question. Is what is it? What's uh, my answer? His, his answer? No, his answer is Raven, yeah, dude. Raven. I know that. Oh, Raven. Oh, Raven's awesome. Raven Who better than awesome. Canyon? Oh, Canyon. Oh. Rest in peace. Yeah, oh, we yeah. love that oh. man. Canyon yeah. rules. Culture soul. Um, mine's probably Jerry Lynn. Oh, what the kind of shit is that, Justin? His mother is a whore. <laughs> How do you feel about Dusty Rhodes? Uh, uh guest, it's terrible. Dusty Rhodes is an egg sucking dog. And let me tell you something Byron Turk wants to be a real Florida cracker. Well, let me show you what it means to be a real Florida cracker, Byron. <laughs> It's it's so amazing because I feel like I can hear his knees getting more brittle every time he speaks. I feel just throwing left-handed haymakers like it's not even working a wrestling match. Um, Listen here, Justin. I don't even have knees. It's shin to thigh, baby. <laughs> the only padding I got inside my knees is my giant testicles dragging behind me. It's totally degenerated. I have like I have notes and things that we need to cover and discuss, but how how do you how do you I get could, I could talk like this forever? Forever forever. God damn. Oh, oh. god. I need to stop because I, I do like I do like Naito a lot. He's probably one of my favorites. Naito. Um I like a lot of the new Japan guys. I miss Shibata. Terry, what do you think about Shibata? Shibata bread? I don't know what shit, ba shit bastard is. <laughs> I don't know. Shit. How about the time that Abdul the Butcher stabbed me in the arm in Japan, huh? How about you talk about that when you're talking about your Puro Resu Den? <laughs> Puro Resu. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. We got to get through a couple of three things, and I want to do it relatively quickly. I do awesome, want to talk because I have like two hours of Antonio Cueto impressions to do. Well, let's get to them because um, last week we had uh, some things to say. There were some people. 
by the way, and fuck them, that had some things to say about some things that I had to say and double fuck them. Um, look, here's the thing, guys. My opinion is not always going to be reflected by what people want my opinion to be. I know people think I'm a baby face because I shill a lot for Lucha Underground, but uh, I, in fact, if you go back into the early days of this show, um, we didn't get a lot of traction from the the Lucha Underground people initially with this show because we did have more criticisms than the other people. Oh, um, yes, even, we did. Even J-Man and Urban, God yeah. bless them, who aren't afraid to speak their minds now, um, definitely did not talk a lot of shit about Lucha Underground back then. No one did unless they were completely bashing it altogether, you know, Cornette. Honestly, you weren't talking shit. You were being honest. And, and the people that were talking shit about you talking shit – or like they deleted the tweets. Yeah, I never saw them. Yeah, I was, it was quick. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna be an asshole, at least be resolute about being a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Just you know, come on. Yeah, I mean, I think compared it's, to me it's and Casey, pretty... you were quite middle of the road. You know what I mean? Me and Casey were. I think it's pretty over. obvious, though. Or Howard Finkel? Fuck, man. That guy said all well, kinds I of shit. I think I just get shit for it more because people, you know, they see me live tweeting the show. I try to be more positive during the live tweeting of the show because I'm excited about it. I want to get other people excited about it, you know. And then, but the podcast yeah. is always has been where you will hear my real thoughts and opinions. I don't tweet a lot of my opinions about it. I DM people constantly about it. And, and you know, people who reach out to me and send me a message or whatnot. They know what my thoughts are. And if you listen to the show, you know what my thoughts are. And I think uh, it was a very highly rated episode. And I think I thank everyone for watching that, by the way. Uh, our show last week probably had one of the highest uh, live listenerships uh, during the show, one of the biggest chat rooms um, we've had. So, you know, I think people were just surprised that coming from me, I'm a generally affable guy and I tend to say a lot of nice things and I tend to be very even keeled about things, but I had some giant fuck yous for last week's episode. Damn it. I just yeah. did. And, and they weren't unjustified. No, and they also, and look guys, DJ's a big boy. Please don't ever doubt that DJ will tell me to fuck off on his own. He will pull up his fucking draws and put on his pants one leg at a time and get right up in my face and say to fuck off if he doesn't like something I have to say about his fucking show or his work. No, both DJ has got D no problem yeah. saying it. <laughs> yeah, DJ and Roach have done that on this show, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but to, to both of us, because I, Lord knows I've given them both. A, a lot of shit, but I do it oh, with the one I thing. do it with the love, the love. I, I will also say this: that's uh, many of the criticisms that you heard on the show from me last week. I gave directly to DJ after that first taping, you know, when he was mm -hmm. feeling like it was a little bit off, and I gave him the the good stuff and the bad stuff because there was still a lot of good stuff and there was still hope. And what I was hoping for out of that was. Exactly what he was hoping for, exactly what Evie Dub was hoping for, which was, fuck, let's get this straightened out and give these guys and ourselves the show that we want, because that wasn't the show that we wanted, and that wasn't the show that they wanted, that wasn't the show that anybody wanted. Ooh, 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 I got breaking news, you guys, um, and this what? is something that Casey wants very, very much. The CMLL show that's happening, Phoenix just challenged Cavanario to a singles match for next week, and he accepted. You mean so, King Phoenix, Arizona? Yes, King Phoenix versus versus 
Cavernario, the wrestling caveman, shoot caveman that became a professional wrestler. Uh, I, yeah. I saw, uh, saw wait, Clay Guida's a wrestler now? Uh, they they kind of look they look a lot alike. I actually, they do. yeah, I got, yeah. I got I got uh, my own King King Phoenix news. He did uh, a springboard flippy spinny thing, landed on a dude. And then as he was coming down, he finished his rotation and face planted into the into the railing. Oh, that doesn't sound outside good. The ring. Uh, is it as bad as the Jody Fleisch gif that I sent you guys? I don't know. No, <laughs> can't be. Love Jody Fleisch. Oh, and, and Rob Viper says big test for Cavanario. Can he keep up with one of the best wrestlers in the world next Friday? We shall see. I'm calling in sick for the show next Friday, guys. Oh, damn it. We might be moving to Thursday anyway. It depends on uh, when our guest is available. Um, so anyway, yeah, with the show, I, I don't want to harp on last week too much. Let's let's call it this. I felt like it was a group. Oh, Jesus. I, I saw the gif. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not like that it, bad. <laughs> still, he does. He goes face first into uh, yeah. solid service. Um. I felt like last week was the preseason, and this week should have been episode one. This Absolutely. this week's episode was phenomenal. Um, I kind of compare it to the beginning of season three and the fact that, you know, the first couple of episodes were okay, and then you got to that WMD match early in the season, which I think was actually in episode two. Episode it was two. just like, whoa, this is what the show really is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And this this week was was no different. You got the the vignettes that you wanted. You got the in ring action that you wanted. The pacing, the timing, everything was right. Um, this episode, I can tell you, was not nearly as massaged in the edit as the first episode either. And Except for the sound effects, right? Because I, I yeah, mm, they got to work on that. No, well, here's the thing about the sound effects. This, it's intentional. It's as intentional as the color saturation, Byron. Oh, yeah. It is wham, blow, pow, old school 50s comic book style on purpose. That's I like how when you did that, you changed colors on my screen. Like your whole thing went orange. It was amazing. But speaking of the color saturation, um, in addition to the format of the show and the content of the show and, and the quality of the content of the show, visually, it looked like the show again. It seemed like just the way that the color grade was, the way the colors were. It's you know, there's different colors in the ring, but everything looked similar how it did before. It's it got dark again where it was supposed to be dark, you know. And last, the last one, it didn't look as as saturated as it just looked like a little bit brighter. It didn't look as polished. Like it was kind of a rough cut all around, you know, in all aspects. And this one, it looked like the old show yeah it did it felt it felt good it felt better i think uh when they were editing this uh dub and the guys had more time to focus on it than they did on the first episode and i think it just came out good um so i want to talk a little bit about it but before we get into the actual specifics of the episode byron do you want to regale us with a little bit of what the uh the vanilla ice experience was like that day because uh, i know yeah. we talked about it a little bit with marty but um I really think that that you and and Rob, I mean, I know it wasn't necessarily you, Rob wanted to come, but um, brought the morale at the temple back up to where it should have been. I mean, I never thought so many people would be so happy <laughs> about Vanilla Ice, but 
And I never thought that he would actually spend the time that he did walking around, taking pictures with people. I I thought we were going to have to shoo him off into some hole in the VIP or whatever, but he kept wanting to wander out and and take pictures with people and go into the locker room and hang out and and hang out and talk with Vampiro. Like he was all about it. Yeah. um, It's something uh, that I've since, since uh, season one of um, Lucha Underground, I went to tapings and I would go to the first Ultima Lucha and then fly back straight from the temple to go work on the show wearing the same clothes and I'd be talking about it. And he's he's loved pro wrestling. Um, he's good friends with like Chris Jericho. He wrestled a juggalo wrestling match with Pondo and got the stable dollar bills. He loves uh, on to him. He loves the whole thing. And I showed him some highlights and he totally dug it. He totally dug, you know, and Helico's leap. And he would tell people about it. That's how I really knew that he was into it because he would constantly bring it up and show people. And, you know, he's a very busy man and the tapings only have at certain times. It never really lined up until this one weekend. He ended up going to LA for, for business with uh, family and friends and the taping was that weekend. And so I brought it up to him and he was into it and it just, it kept working. It kept working and finally um he's like yeah i'll go so then i get him uh, a reservation i mean i don't really know stuff can always come up and we didn't really know until he showed up (laughs) yeah i was standing next to you and i was feeling like man this could still not happen at at any point in time like until he's actually walking into the temple there's there's no telling if he's actually going to be here but the thing is the day before buzz was going on like we didn't want to like i didn't want to jinx anything but there was buzz like dj came up and talked to me it's like i'm hearing rumors dj talking to me is a big deal because because he hates you he has very he's a very small-minded person he he hates byron hates him with a passion when it comes to opinions about me he's very uh small-minded he's very smart in other regards though but he actually was friendly Although he thanked Justin for Vanilla Ice, not me for some reason. Oh yeah, he but, thanked uh, me in private as well. But um, he thanked I think me he, for as well. I think he but, thanked me in front of like the whole production staff too for bringing for bringing Ice. But uh, well, good for him. That'll that'll definitely help him see Vanilla Ice again. Um, and the thing I mean, is he with, knows that thanking me is as good as thanking you. Yeah, so We're connected somehow. I mean, whatever. Whatever. No, go ahead. He could go. He could go write another story about sexy star being world champ. Go have fun, DJ. Oh, that's a low blow. um, Five stars, Byron. Five stars. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I'm working an audience of one right now. Um, So the thing is, the thing is, uh, Vanilla Ice's uh, real name is Rob. He'll introduce himself to you as Rob. And and one thing that I've really noticed because whenever if we're out. Um, or we're out shooting somewhere in public, people know him, people go up to him because Ice Ice Baby is a song that just everyone loves and everyone knows. And, and because uh, because Cool as Ice is a cinematic masterpiece. Let's not forget and, that. And Ninja Turtles too. Yes, um, he's one of the coolest. Uh, he's one of the redeeming factors of that movie. Him and Kevin uh, Nash, yeah. Him and Kevin Nash. But, I've no, but you see him, he's so gracious and so friendly with with people with fans and he has this thing he says a concert smiles are contagious and you could really see um 
that this weekend where everyone is super tired and a little bit down from the first night of filming. The second day, Rob showed up. There's a VIP parking lot. There's a VIP area. Rob walks in the front door. People are respectable. And everyone there, thank you everyone at the temple for being respectable towards Rob and towards his family. Um, Everyone was super nice, but every person that came up to Rob, He's, he talked to, took pictures with, um, I mean, everyone, security, fans. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Not everyone, not everyone. There was everyone. there was a small oversight, and it is probably my fault. You know who did not get to meet Rob or get a picture? Who? You're not going to believe this. Fucking Mel. Oh. Oh, Rosa, no. Cobra Moon, our home girl. The one girl who should have been at the front of the line yeah. did not get to meet Rob at all. And it's, I feel like it's my fault somehow. We I think I'm to Florida to buy him from Taken. We even got Eva Lisa picture. Well, you know what? If you're in Florida, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come by the house. Let's tell our story. Nope. Beefloaf wants to become a Florida cracker. For, uh, oh, me, you're not invited. Yeah, but if you wanna, I, I got I got a free home in Florida. Um, Meef has has strong Florida ties. Shut up, Meef. Meef, you're not invited. You're uninvited. Your visa is revoked. So it was super cool. Um, it was super cool. Uh, he even uh, went into a locker room and met a bunch of the wrestlers backstage. Um, there were some people who just weren't there or were. I don't know, busy somewhere else. Didn't get to meet him, unfortunately. But it was just super rad. Um, little known fact, uh, uh, Vampiro and Vanilla Ice are jugglers, and they have crossed paths um, some time ago before, before you know, I think Vampiro really made it big. And, uh, and they have a lot of respect for each other. One day at lunch. Uh, wait, wait, we wait. Was about- Rob opening up for Millie Vanilli? No, because <laughs> that would be so. amazing if that was how they knew each other. <laughs> no, I'm not exactly sure. And you're going to have to get the story from Vampiro. We did get the story that day, but I just remember um, I was at lunch with Rob. Oh, hold on. I got to ring the bell. I don't have the bell. Ding, 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 ding. New subscriber. Ring the bell. Oh, my God. The new subscriber is Kevin Flynn, who has listened to this show more than anybody. He just normally listens on SoundCloud. You just subscribed, Kevin. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I respect you. He was our second subscriber ever on SoundCloud. So um, so we're talking about stuff, and and he sort of brings up uh, this guy that he knows, this guy who does Lucha Libre or wrestling from the Juggalo thing. And he it's Vampiro. And I'm like, Vampiro's the man. He does, he runs like he's one of the top guys at Lucha Underground. Rob plays me a voicemail that he still has from Vampiro. Like he still has it on his phone. Like that's how like tight they are. And it was so cool. And before the show, they got to talk and really catch up. And then Vampiro hyped up the crowd like he normally does. But he told, he just started on the story about um, how he and Rob met and, and how uh, just Rob was one of um, like the few people that he really respected. That was real. That treated him with respect when he didn't have to and uh meant a lot to him so he brought him into the ring they had a really great moment the roof came off the place 
and it well now really, yeah this this you didn't see on the show right um, we sit down in our seats and we had you know kind of a section of the the bleachers the the vip bleachers or whatever and we tried to give rob the front row or whatever but he was like no, i'm just gonna tuck back here so he sat in the uh, sec- a row back yeah. and then we're all just sitting there and starting to get amped up and then vampiro comes out and he does one of his sly little approaches where you don't know that he's talking who he's talking about or what he's talking about which he's done to me before he's done to several other people he just kind of comes out and says you know vague things like you know this motherfucker's been down since day one and blah blah, blah. i had no clue he's talking about and then he's just like rob get, come out here get in the ring but we look back at rob and the next thing you know rob jumped over the rail on the <laughs> all over the side yeah. like and dude might look young but he ain't that fucking young to be jumping over some shit at the temple <laughs> he's no i've right seen him in the I've fucking ring it you was amazing watch- you should watch. Uh, you should watch my show, Justin. He jumps. Well, over okay, I, he does. He does. I mean, he is but, very uh, youthful for for a guy older than me. Damn. All right. Are we sure? Are we sure that we don't want to get slander here? Yeah. No, Justin, Rob's older know. than me by like twenty minutes or so. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, he fucking jumped off the bleachers. To uh to go see uh, Vampiro on the ring <laughs> that rules so much. I mean, just him doing that, everyone got super pumped. It was great. Um, oh shit, his birthday's on Halloween. That's dope. His birthday's Halloween. Yeah, that's his favorite holiday of the year. Mine too. Mine too. And uh, there was an ice ice baby chant because obviously um, Rob loves Lucha Underground, and he got everyone hyped up for the show. I mean, he he just walked he just walked in the ring and he was a natural. Hold on and, a sec. Hold uh, on, Meath. This is Phantasma. Are you dreaming about me again? <laughs> so. I'm, just, I'm just leaning back. I'm just okay. leaning back. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was, so we know cool. it's five in the morning up in that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> it was it was so cool. It was it was a great time. Uh, everyone got super hyped, and when Rob got back into his seat. Um, it like that positive energy, the kind words that Vampiro said, and and the positive energy from the crowd, you know, that all meant a lot to him. You know, he's not he's been around a while and and he's seen a lot of stuff, but he's not so jaded like that this doesn't mean something to him. He had genuinely him and his family had a great time. They were touched by the love that Lucha Underground showed him. And I want to thank everyone again from from Robin and me and Vanilla Project, thank you. Uh, it could not have gone better. And plus, he got to see Pentagon defend championship, so that was kind of cool. And none of you will ever see it because feel-good moments have no place in my temple. Oh man, Papa Cueto! He just showed up. This he finally guy. got off of Twitter and logged on. To I finally out. got off of my day job. As a skipper of the Jungle Cruise, as evidenced by my clothes and office. Why did it take you four days to follow me and like 30 seconds to follow Mil Machetes? Fuck you, Papa Cueto. I don't know how I am killing my gimmick by following Mexican people, but... <laughs> oh, no, I think Mil Machetes is part Spanish. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, you did, you, did a good, uh, you did a good job this week, Papa Cueto, by introducing... Um, one luchador 
for two white people. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to that. Let's talk about this episode because I do want to talk about. Oh, but you see, other. it was a very large white man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does Famous B deserve some of the heat too? Let's find out here. All right. Famous so rules. this week, um, we've got some, some interesting things. Um, we start off hot with Katrina or very cold, I guess. Judging by seeing Katrina, it was really, really, really cold. And uh, it's the Cuerno's ice, trophy room. It, I know what you mean. It's the, oh yeah, it wasn't in the ice temple. It was in Cuerno's no. trophy room. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the the trophy room is a much colder place because her uh, wardrobe option, her wardrobe choice this year is very interesting. You know well, what? I thought it was the Grindhouse 3D thing. Like I thought they were trying to gimmick it up by making the show three dimensional. There were no suspenders in season four. No. No, there weren't. Um, anyway, Katrina uh, shows up, and Meef's um, boy. Look, Meef came back to life, guys. Meef's boy, Cuerno, got lines this time, and he like, swore. He, he said shit. Yeah, he got to talk. He got to curse. He sounds great. Why haven't they had this fucking guy talking on camera more sooner? And and hold on, did he? Okay, this is what I want to. You know, when she tried to get the glove and it wasn't there, Meef. Did he say that he gave it to the strong one for safekeeping? He gave it strong. Didn't that? No, is that what he someone, said? He gave it to someone for safekeeping, yeah. and um, he doesn't know where that person put it. Is in a place or time? He doesn't know where yeah. or when. Where or when? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Come on, it's a little bit more poetic than the bullshit you just. Well, said. look, and if you've seen the trailer, if you've seen <laughs> the classroom, you've seen the scene where he takes the gauntlet and gives it to Aerostar to basically go and hide it in time somewhere. It's a total Zemeckis moment. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of time travel movies because the Terminator's bullshit. You can't send a guy back in time to be your own dad. That's fucking hey, stupid. Man. Look, look, so forget the Terminator. When you wrote your when you fantasy booked a Lucha Underground episode, it was centered around time travel. That's how true. else are you gonna get a fucking caveman in the temple realistically? <laughs> okay, realistically. First of all, all time travel that's worth anything involves a phone box, a phone booth, whether it's Bill and Ted's or Doctor Who. If you want real time travel, fuck you need a phone Who. box. Yeah, fuck Doctor Who. Thank you, me. Like, Justin, you're not talking. You're not. You're not talking to a room full of teenage girls. So we're not Doctor Who fans. Are you kidding me? Really? Doc, yeah, you guys have shit, issues shit. with Doctor Fucking Who? It says, says Mister, I don't Who's like dinosaurs. For? I don't like dinosaurs because they bullied me as a child, so I can't see Jurassic World, and I don't like ice cream. I don't. You need to see Jurassic World. See, I like saying everyone aren't bullshit because Doctor Who. The whole premise was there's 13 fucking doctors and that's the end of doctors. And then they just read like I'm number fucking 15 now. Yeah. yeah. And then they just went, oh, the recycle started again because we can't keep an actor for more than two series because our TV program is shit. Exactly. Exactly. Meef, that's yes. Meef is right. And also Meef should see Jurassic World. It was really good, you guys. I don't know why you're watching our show and not seeing Jurassic World is what I'm saying. Hey, Katie, shut up. In the chat room, Andre Nichols says, Meef, you shut up too. Andre Nichols says that he loved the fantasy booking. And that we should do a part two? Shut the fuck up. Listen to direction. Meef, are you you seriously? 
What? What? Listen, don't desecrate this message just because it's coming from brothers from Australia. And prize check on a jackass. We should do a part two. Oh, Justin's doing New Day. Great. What? Great. Really, Justin. What? You're gonna go. You're gonna go the obvious route. You're gonna start eating pancakes. Oh. Ever since you came back, all you've done is cry. <laughs> what? The... That hurt my voice. gonna piss himself. It's amazing when this show just completely breaks down. <laughs> I have all these right things that we're supposed to be talking about that are super duper important, but yeah, well, you know. Anyway, <laughs> Andre Nichols wants us to do another uh, fantasy draft or fantasy booking of Lucha Underground. Yeah, with our with our 17 fucking hosts that we have now, this is going to be a little difficult, but we'll try. We don't let Meef do it. It'll be fun. Jim, Jim is in the gym right now just lifting weights. Oh, Jim, Jim is fucking scoring some steroids down in Mexico. He's probably doing Pussy some bicep play. curls Pussy and play. fucking at the same time. It's a Friday night after all. I just hope no one gives Jim problems trying to cross the border back over all right so katrina opening segment cuerno awesome yes you know what's great about katrina and lucha underground her being super hot is now officially a plot point in lucha underground well we'll get there we haven't even gotten to that scene yet have we it's a, I've, i probably was gonna forget by the time we got to that oh scene. my god you'd love to just jump ahead all right let's get to the big thing famous b um decided apparently or maybe his clients decided for him that lucha underground had too many mexican luchadors so that they were going to stay home <laughs> i mean that's the everyone's talking about the second half of this thing but no one's talking about the part where famous b lost tejano and and wagner i was okay with it just then you see because he traded them in for one very large white man and he is so and a car mechanic he is so strong and yes, never trust a man named Chris to name your wrestlers. I think those names are awesome. I would like to. You don't like the name Sammy Guevara? That's a bad I name. I would like to introduce the newest member of Lucha Underground, the former big calf known as Tall Bill. All right. So here's what I have to ask. Um. I get you the feeling like, that you guys like how I list the S and big cast lisp, though. Lisp, lisp. Yes. Hey, shout out the racist fan. Racist. Big I am a big fan of your work. A big fan of your races. Um, so yeah, Sammy Guevara got to keep his name. Yeah. I don't know this for a fact, but I have a feeling that somebody else did not show up. And Sammy Guevara got a phone call that morning to come and be at Lucha Underground. Well, uh, didn't they trademark a different Sammy name? Hmm. But that might have been after the fact. I don't know. I thought he worked dark before this. Not in the seasons I went to. It would have had to have been for you guys. Did he work dark the day before? Day one? Yeah, I think so. Because It's weird because this was a day two taping. So Yeah, but I'm saying I think he got called to show up for this weekend on short uh, notice yeah and i don't they they didn't have a name for him which was surprising to me um i mean no, even, yeah even even some uh you know impact talent or other places that were sending people in that you'll see later in the season those people got gimmicks sammy came in as sammy guevara 
like the kid hit the fucking yeah. lottery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, he can get booked under that name, and he will be because yeah, people yeah. are gonna see how fucking awesome he was in this match if they haven't seen him before. Which really look up his matches, dude. The guy's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. so I and I I don't know a ton about. I mean, like, I've seen him work a bunch of times, but I don't know a ton about him personally, and I've heard mixed things. Um, I don't know what he's really like in the locker room. I guess you know, as you heard, kind of Marty Elias allude to. He's he's new. He's 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 fresh meat. But he's also been around a little bit and he's got a good style. And and I think Marty's assessment is correct. And it's like, yeah, bro, I hope you can keep doing what you're doing and figure out the safest and best way to do those things that you're doing so that you stay exciting. But at the same time, you don't kill yourself or anyone else because <laughs> he definitely he takes risks. <clears throat> he's real exciting to watch. But you know what that can lead to. I mean. You know, you got a guy like Ricochet who who does the same kind of stuff, but is very safe for the most part. I mean, I don't know who that is. Uh, that Trevor dude. Um, you know, the one who jumps out of the ring, does the front flip, and lands in your face. But oh, then, the gif. But the then gif. gets the gets the microphone, and you're like, no, nah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um. The uh, did he get killed by Cross? Sammy Guevara. Cross kills everyone. They had a match, didn't they? Everyone? They had a match, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, I think he murdered him. I think he murdered him on his face. But um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was very interested to see him come in with that gimmick. I'll have to ask. We'll have to ask one of the bosses one of these days if he was a last minute replacement or not. Because oh, they're never going to do our show again after last week. Oh, I think they will. If 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 only to come on here and tell us how wrong we were. But I don't think that they will. I think or they, they might. They might want to come on to talk to me, the real boss. <laughs> or I will never let them in my temple. Um, and then Big Bad Steve. Yeah, yeah. He's that, a mechanic. Like, he's a mechanic. Like and and come on, guys, let's be honest. For the gimmick and for what that is, the amount of pop that he got and how over that was was amazing. That was ridiculous. Because everyone knows who Steve Payne is in many rules, man. But I didn't, I don't, I see, I don't know if I realized that how much everyone knew. Like I knew and I popped because it was amazing. And I was like, thank God he's out of that other gimmick. Oh, um, nearly headless Steve. I'm going to oh. completely ruin the kayfabe here. He was Pindar. And that costume alone, I think, what the reason. God damn it. I don't care. I, I think that <clears> costume <throat> alone. The reverse yeah, the, that was the I reason. get cut off, and he's Queen still wrestling. Wait, so you're saying <laughs> he's, he's a lizard? Wait, so he's a lizard with like human skin? So is he like V? Is he Big Bad V? Is he Wait, a visitor? He grew head he grew the head back, but the scales haven't grown back yet. Right, right. Yeah, like a gecko. No, when you when you get your head scales, yeah, you have huh? to become human once you get head cut off. When you get your head and you manage to, like, you know, regenerate, you lose the ability to be a lizard anymore. That's what it is. And now he's a mechanic from down the street. Okay, if you're a mechanic, though, shouldn't you be carrying, like, a giant wrench or a blowtorch or, like, something that you could hit people with? Because that's, like, the too best hokey, part. Too hokey. He brought from the um, shop, he brought, I, a, he brought a car lift, and they're like, you can't bring that to the ring. No, I think, I think that he might carry a wrench at some point. The wrench is great because they always have the fucking wrench that's getting used in the in the matches, like the one that um, 
Mundo okay, wrapped around not, Puma's head. No, because I'm not. I'm I not gonna lie though. Every time they bring them down to the ring in Lucha Underground, they're so plasticky and so fake. They they don't do a good job with that particular style. I'm sorry that fans get hit in the head and don't sell it and ruin the illusion no, for you. They bounce Justin. around like it's a bouncy ball. The, the problem with Lucha Underground when it comes to stuff like that is the fact that they actually have a real prop department. Yeah, and if you guys want to hear some wrench stories, listen to our coverage of Ultima Lucha Trace. Oh yes. Yeah, and so. and yeah, I just don't pipes and cinder blocks and wrenches are probably not things that we need in Lucha Underground ever. And blowtorch probably not because Aerostar has lit the ring on fire by accident that we've seen, which is bad news because fire extinguisher gimmicks also don't work in Lucha Underground as we have. Oh seen God! Yeah. It, and, or like the time that it does, you fucking taste it. Yeah, oh. I like the cinder block. I did like the cinder block thing with Mac. Uh, with his face going through. I thought that was kind of No, cool. Mac, fine. Cage, no. Yeah. Um, no. I did like the gimmick where uh, Pentagon held a gas can to Vampiro's face with a lighter. Yeah, that was dope. You know what? Big Bad Steve should come in with a car door, like the whole door, and just throw people on it. That would be fucking awesome. As you know, that customer, hurts. Rebecca, you do, you do need to watch uh, V again. There's a very fine performance by Freddy Krueger and V. God damn it. The man's name is Robert England. You guys are horrible. They're doing this in the chat as well. <laughs> um, all right. So we got to talk about our man, Jake Strong. Um, it's funny because this isn't that different a presentation, and yet it somehow feels wholly different than everything he's ever done before. And I don't no, quite know how they pulled that off. It's completely different. I think it's completely different because it, he's, he's always been held back as far as intensity and and uh, how much he's respected in the ring. I mean, and he now he's just a crazy man doing Pentagon's exact same gimmicks. So because you know we have to have two of everything in Lucha Underground. Well, it's the temple. There should. Uh, it, the idea of being a violent person who likes to hurt people is no, that's a good idea. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, he's kind of doing the Kurt Angle thing, except at the end of the Kurt Angle thing, he's breaking their ankles. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, I like, I like it. Uh, Jake Strong, Jack he's a big, strong son of a bitch who legitimately knows how to wrestle and hurt people. And they're letting him go out there and be intimidating. And that's something that I don't think anyone has let him do. And that's Can not I, his natural pers personality either. I got to give you my initial thoughts of what uh, how this went down. So we're standing there. We did not know he was going to be there. He comes out and we popped and it was like, who's that? Who the? F oh, my God. That, is that fucking swagger? That's fucking swagger. And I had just seen him on Ariel Hawani's now defunct MMA hour a couple weeks before um, promoting fighting, like actual MMA fighting and doing mm -hmm. Bellator stuff. And, you know, so I was like, I recognized him immediately. I was like, fuck, I thought this dude was doing MMA, you know, which he still is, by the way. And he's doing MLW yeah. also. So then yeah. he comes down and then my second thought is, oh, man, Cross is Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, at the time, Cross was still up in the air. We didn't know what was going on with him. He was uh, in Orlando days before then doing the WWE tryout. So I'm just like, fuck, they're not bringing in Cross now. 
this was going to be Cross's gimmick, I bet. And now fucking Hagar's got it. And yeah, I thought the same thing when I heard about it. And yeah. yeah. And we'll tell you the, the continuing part of the Cross saga because there is definitely a saga. Um, and as you've seen, everything's worked out just fine for Mr. Cross. But um, that was my initial thought. So then as he's coming down to the ring and Famous B is introducing him, I'm fucking pissed. I'm just like, oh, man. Fuck Jake Hagar or whatever the fuck his name is. Fuck this dude. I was not happy. And then, you know, I got I got Vanilla Ice all happy behind me. And I'm like, God damn it. Stop being happy, Rob. Everybody stop being happy. This is some bullshit. More white dudes, less cross. Like, there's no, there's not going to be room left on the roster for cool white dudes because Jake's going to take it all up. Oh, Justin, there is always room for white dudes. <laughs> and then the match happened. And two things that I absolutely love that happened in this match. Uh, the 34 seconds of kill shot and Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Holy fuck. That needs to happen. That needs to be a 20 minute match at some point in the, in, in this season. Um, those two guys for just the, the few seconds that they were there, they clicked. I don't know how much they've worked together in the past. I know they've worked together a little bit, but um, they were fire. And then the presentation and how they built Jake in that match it 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 worked. Yeah. I was hating on it. I was not happy about it. I was sitting there. I was pissing and moaning. And the next thing you know, I'm smiling ear to ear. I was like, fuck you, DJ. You got me. Fuck you, Paul London, whoever agented that match. I was totally into it. I was totally buying it. And at the end, we're up in the crowd doing the fucking the strong thing and totally marking out. And as much as a lot of the Latino fans want to hate on him too. I saw a lot of those dudes, especially the first couple of times that Jake came out doing the strong thing. Now, I'm going to tell everyone right now. A lot of the crowd turns on the Jake factor in Lucha Underground. A lot of the crowd in general turns on the amount of white dudes that are in Lucha Underground at a certain point in the season. (laughs) That is not a surprise. If you haven't heard it before. You're hearing it now. Lucha Underground is a much wider place this season. It's uh, it's a, I mean, it's a shame because it wasn't really by choice, and it's also a shame because a guy like Jack Swagger, Jake Jake Hager, shut up, Meef, uh, a guy like you know Jake, Jake Strong, Strong. It, bringing it's in, been going on. It's been it's, he is a guy who, if you just as a talent, if you have an opportunity, you bring him in. This is a really just how he's being used now is great because it puts it promotes him. It uses him in the best way that I think he could be used. And it also makes him a valuable asset that provides entertainment for the underground fans. Like it's just it, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's great. And he's a top of the card kind of guy. But that gets over over uh, shadowed by the fact that they lost and they didn't they were not able to bring in lucha libre stars well but, but you're, yeah. you're you're flat out replacing dr wagner with jake strong and wagner and with jake strong and steve payne no steve it, it takes a steve payne and a sammy guevara to replace tejano and it okay it's a, right. yeah it's a and steve payne switch. doesn't count because he was already there like you know he doesn't right. count as a replacement 
But um, I don't. I, this isn't really the right episode to shit on that yet, since we had Drago versus Dragon Azteca, which and is which is why it was such a great episode. So you get this yeah. kind of moment of like, eh, okay, and then and then by the end of the match, everyone was buying. It was like, no, no, this is Lucha Underground. This is great. This works. Yeah. The, the famous B setup was good. You know, Swagger. You could tell that Swagger was really being part of the locker room. He wasn't coming in with the I'm a superstar from somewhere else mentality. He was coming in with the I am part of this family now. How do we get this gimmick over? And I got to tell you right now, uh, I am a complete mark for Jake Hager. I am a little bit of a mark for for Jake Strong, and I am not a mark at all for Jack Swagger. Oh, I fucking love Jack Swagger. I I was like, eh. But I will tell you this. I probably spent more than half of the evening of the after party at Ultima Lucha just talking to that guy, just me and him. We must have talked for probably an hour and a half. Nicest guy on the face of the fucking planet. I hope we can get him on the show. Um, So, so super cool and had no reason to be talking to me. And we were just hanging out and it was super cool. It was a super nice guy. Anyway. Yeah, so coming out of that, the part, the part of the reason why this episode was so pitch perfect, we get um, Antonio coming out, and and he actually gave Dario credit for the gift of the gods idea. You know, we know that there's some mystical power behind the uh, the Aztec medallions. It seems like Antonio Cueto is invested in them. If you look at some of the things that are going on in the background of his office. But he still gave Dario credit, credit as being the guy that came up with this belt idea of bringing the Aztec medals together. And I yes, kind of- it was his one good idea between appointments for colonics from beautiful, beautiful women. Do you know what a colonic is, Justin? It's when you get it's when you get a shit sucked out of your ass <laughs> by beautiful, beautiful women. I love that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Completely out of the, off the rails. I love it though. Um, Wait, what? What podcasts are we doing right now? We're doing the. We're doing mass Max and Dick jokes. It's all happening. What does that have to do with getting your shit sucked out? It's close to the dick. It's 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 a dick joke somehow. Oh, when I fit inside you better. <laughs> okay, now okay, it's a dick there joke. There it is. There it is. Um. Yeah. So I I found that that was uh, interesting that they went out of their way for him to acknowledge that at this particular moment. Um, I also like that we're starting another gift for the gods right now, right here with Dadge and Drago, the, the dragon versus dragon match, which Byron had a lot of fun things to say about. And they said that he was in the Eagle tribe, which they've never called the Eagle tribe before. They called it the dragon tribe before, I think, uh, on commentary, the coin. Well, didn't Byron tell them that it was the Eagle Tribe before? Uh, I don't know. Byron looks really confused right now. I invented the Eagle Tribe, and that's where I brought in the Dragon Azteca uh, singer and junior to be part of the Eagle Tribe. That's cool. Yeah, something like that. I invented a lot of things. I mean, I think they do need to clarify the 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 tribe thing more. I've been kind of hoping that yeah. DJ would get to that of like, let's refresh the whole tribe idea and not just focus on the ones that you have people for. But uh, yeah. I don't know if he got the talent that he wanted to do that this season. So no, because there's there's still no Puma tribe person or Jaguar yeah. tribe person. 
going, going back to the whitewashing of Lucha Underground. Uh, Where is Nightclaw, Byron? Where is Nightclaw? Nice. Nightclaw is looking for something else to moonsault off of. But it is kind of hard to do the tribe storyline when you, just in all honesty, it's hard to do the tribe storylines when you whitewash Lucha Underground. Whitewash. It's just like what tribe is Jake Strong coming from? You know, he has a storyline. He got brought in by Famous uh, Incorporated worldwide. But look, the uh... <laughs> on a boat with smallpox. On a boat carrying smallpox from Ireland. There we go. That's where he came from. <laughs> smallpox? The smallpox tribe? Jesus Christ. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh... Blankets, handing out blankets to the crowd and the wrestlers backstage. <laughs> Um, that's that's actually super funny. Too. It is. It was kind of cool to see a, a a dragon versus dragon match. It was a great match. Um, th there's just no yep. two ways about it. It was it was exactly what you want to see. It was real lucha libre. The guys mm -hmm. were playing it real fast and loose. They you could tell they worked out maybe four and a half things before the match, and the other seven hundred were done on the fly. It wasn't um, exactly what I wanted to see though, because Drago didn't win. Well, true, but I we got to see Mel. I would, oh, yes, yeah. yes, 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 Mel's booty. Yes, who oh, Vampiro said stole George Thorogood's jacket, and I don't know if you've seen George Thorogood, but that jacket would be way bigger. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, by the way, just to go back to the tribe thing, because Casey's probably the only other person who might know this. Mm -hmm. Would Dragon Azteca's tribe be? The uh, I, I want to fucking butch this now. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, yeah, but do you think Matt Stryker is going to be able to say that or no. Vampiro? I don't think so. I don't even know if yeah. DJ would be able to say that. Hence, why they've been the Eagle Tribe since like season two. Because he's more like a feathered serpent, isn't he? He's got the same headdress. Yeah, uh, he's more of a snake. But yeah, if you guys have ever seen Q, the Flying Serpent, great cinematic masterpiece. Right. Uh, I mean, it's not, ten, but it is. It's got yeah. David Carradine. David Carradine, love him. Rest mm. in peace. I hope. I hope you got to jizz. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. These things you get to do. Um, oh, I gotta tell you, if you want to have a good laugh, look up David Carradine or <laughs> uh, autoerotic asphyxiation jokes. Yes, they're all they're all good. Are they better than the Michael Hutchins ones? I think it's a, they just changed the names. Oh, okay, good. I think we did one of those last week. What were we talking about in excess on the show last week? Uh, isn't, it, isn't it bad that he wrote a song called Suicidal Blonde? Hey, we got Zero yes. Cool in the chat room saying that DJ actually confirmed all the tribes in a tweet, so who knows? He may be blacked out and making up wrong things, but uh, the Night of Aztec Warfare with animal uh, emojis, he wrote Jaguar, Rabbit, Eagle, Reptile, rabbit, deer, and owl, which makes a lot of sense. That it makes sense that there's two rabbit tribes. Well, zero yeah, cool. Got two rabbit tribes, wrote yeah. rabbit twice, or DJ wrote rabbit twice. I wouldn't put it past either one of them. Well, Mister Owl. Well, Mister Owl. How many licks does it take to get to the center oh, of the what? Aztec coin? Two, three. There's a fucking owl tribe. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound right. And also, Justin, um, 
Justin, since you know this commercial that I'm referring to, it always bothered me because that little kid's naked the whole time that's talking to the animals. Oh my god. And his ass is hanging out. <gasps> Pantsless yeah. cartoon people. For commercials. I love Not it. Cartoons. It's like a, it's as, a as the as the premier anti pedo podcast, I just yeah, had yeah, to point that out. Pedo tunes, that's what they're called now. We just need to make a point that we are staunchly anti-pedo, and I really don't want to speak for all the other podcasts that are afraid to take a stand or announce which side they're on. Okay, but I think so you infer every other podcast where they stand on this issue. Okay, so you Especially, had a problem, yeah, you had a problem with Drago not going over here. No, I mean I see why for storyline purposes. I just like him more than Dragon. Well, Aztec I just I, I think that Dad's just kind of the future, and it's time for him to hopefully get a real. Yeah. A real run so i kind of liked it and i thought I, I felt like drago being the one to to do it at this point in the season was really kind of anointing dragon azteca as like yeah yeah we teased him before but like hey this season really give this guy a chance uh and i think because you know, we made him look like an absolute bitch throughout all of season three yeah i think yeah. i think that's gonna change <laughs> um I hope so for his sake, because he's great. And uh, he's been announced for Bola, or Ray Horace has. Ray anyway. Horace, yeah. So if yeah. you guys don't know, and believe it or not, I've found that a lot of people do not know his other gimmick is Ray Horace. Um, phenomenal performer. Is, they look, uh, it's totally obvious to me, but maybe, maybe weird. his weird Billy Goat lip thing. But but he also, he hasn't yeah. gotten the same kind of TV time he's, or push in Lucha Underground. So I think a lot of people just don't know yet. Um, anyway, yeah, so he's one to watch. What I didn't like was the aftermath of the match. Um, fucking Johnny Hollywood Mundo comes out and uh, has Cobra Moon all distracted and talking to her, who's, you know, obviously she's a little upset about the the Drago loss. And uh, this fucking homegirl, Taya, sneaks her from behind. What the fuck? Dirty tricks. Best angle. Best angle to sneak from. You're saying that if you were going to sneak up behind Cobra Moon, you'd do it from behind me, Flo? Yes. Isn't this the lyric to Billy Gunn's theme song? The best surprises always sneak up from behind. Because yeah. I'm a nice man. I think he's more... I think he's more... <laughs> baby got back. <laughs> yeah. Um. Plus ninja, ninjas don't attack from the front. Come on. No, this is true. This is true. I'll tell you what, though. I liked seeing that little square off with uh, Cobra Moon and Taya. I like to see where that goes. Um, for those who don't know, Taya and Thunder Rosa had a couple of matches on the indies that were pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that they bring that to the temple and let these two ladies uh, duke it out. And I also think it'd be really good experience for Mel, too, the more time she gets with Taya, because Taya is just... Mm -hmm fucking world-class talent and it would be awesome to see her fucking wrestle again since she's been she managed all of last season yes, dj like yeah. we get it she can manage she can valet she looks real fucking good can we have her in a match now please will you thank you <laughs> like how many times do we have to ask for her? we're begging put cobra moon in the ring if she botches let her botch we'll laugh at her <laughs> i want to see her slap the taste down of johnny mundo's disrespectful mouth did you say taste yeah. Okay. Just make it. Um, My way. Slap, slip, slap the Ricky Mandela out of him. Oh wow! Oh, oh. wow! He legally changed his name to Ricky Mundo. I like that oh, kid. Sorry. 
that kid's growing on me. I don't oh, know how that okay. game is going to turn out this oh, season. Okay. We'll see. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we get another uh, vignette. Vignette. Um, Katarina. Kat, ah, see, God damn it. Katarina and Katrina have me so <laughs> mixed up with my, with my <laughs> Katrina Rinas. Anyway, she teleports into Antonio's office. We get our first real look at the new office. Um, a very profiley shot, not the same filming style we're used to. And it, Byron, we walked that set. It is, we were told it was just as big, if not bigger than the old office set, but it felt yeah. smaller while we were on the set to me. You know why it feels smaller, Justin? Why because that? of my huge dick. I don't know. I think if, I think. They, because it was a set piece, they were well, why to... Why do the ghosts interrupt me when I'm trying to jerk off, Byron? I think they had more room to film in there as opposed to that one office that was like an actual room at the old temple. Yeah. I don't know. So I think, but uh, yeah. So what's interesting is that Katrina being super hot is a plot point in Lucha Underground. Hey, you remembered to bring it back, you <laughs> dumb fuck. I remembered. Why am so I proud so of you. dumb? So proud of you. Um, Anyways. Look, there's more, there's more important things in this scene than that, Byron. Like, first of all... Uh, My huge dick. Antonio, Antonio is finishing a Modelo. I mean... Oh, he I was finishing it. something, Justin. You know, Antonio, you that I don't walking wanna, I don't wanna, listen, Antonio, I know you're trying. I know you know what I'm going to say. And you're trying to stop me from talking about it. But I think I, I was probably the first one and probably the only one to, to notice this. He seemed a little uh, strained in breathing a little. I bit. don't disagree with you. And uh, on second viewings at the very beginning, uh, I was about to jizz. He he seems to be he had a recent injury. He seems to be clutching his stomach a little bit, like he had. Can I change the subject real quick to something completely? I unrelated? was tucking my boner um, into the waistband. No, we're almost finished with the hold scene. On, then you can change on, the I subject. Just, okay, go ahead. Just to something completely unrelated. Do you remember okay. where Dario was shot? I belly. Oh. Chest? Okay, we could go back. Okay, yes. Yeah, so I don't. Uh, no, we can talk about this because I I think that. Okay, last week I was absolutely convinced that the Antonio Cueto thing was legit, that he was the dad, that Dario was dead. But then this week, between the very beginning of that scene and the very end, the way that he clutches his stomach and is kind of holding himself like he's been wounded and, and he's getting up and using the cane, felt like, oh, shit, well, maybe this is shot Dario convalescing and hiding out and gimmick or makeup or maybe his soul has been transferred into this other body like maybe there still is some reasonable doubt as to the identity of Antonio Cueto I will say this if there is some super hokey cheeseball Antonio Dario thing that you're talking about or some sort of thing where some sort of I don't know but if it's just if it if it's anything except like I'll go along with what's going on now, but if there's some off the wall, really weird thing going on with Dario and Antonio and whatever, right. I'm all for it. 
Now, look, remember, remember Come when we now. had DJ on this show and I said, you know, I said I was pissed at him for killing off Dario. And he just he laughed and he was like, what makes you think I would kill off Dario? That seemed like a really genuine reaction. And then we went to all the tapings and stuff and we were like, oh, my God, you really killed off Dario. You son of a bitch. But I think that I he was being Eric. serious that maybe he really didn't kill off Dario. I don't know if- now. I mean, I, I guess Dario. I guess that's the good part is I Di- honestly don't know now. What if this Dario happened? is dead? I, I, what if, I have an idea. I have an idea. What if Dario knew what was happening, right? So he brought in his dad, gave him a haircut, and then put him in the chair. And his dad got shot. There was dad in a coffin, all clean cut. And Dario's wearing a wig, pretending to be his dad. The old classic switcheroo. You've been watching Rockford Files, haven't you? Is Aerostar brought him back from the future? Brought him back from the... Maybe. I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see. But I do believe that there's some merit to there being something hinky going on there. Speaking of hinky, um, I like this whole uh, Katrina is caught between realms thing and that she needs... She wants to use Phoenix's life essence to uh, bring her completely back into this realm. Oh, she almost got some of my life essence, Justin. <laughs> if she would have walked in two minutes later. Um, I don't get it. Antonio, were you really mad that Katrina br- busted in on you? you didn't Why do you think I said that I wanted her to knock next time? <laughs> Maybe. But the thing is, is, can you have sex with her? Because yeah. Sammy Callahan walked through her. Well, yeah, but she'll phase in and out. That could actually be a new sensation, kind of like doing the the oh. thing where you sit on your hand for a while. Strange yeah, danger. Just, just ask Colossus from the X Men. It was interesting that she flickered a little bit, like her powers are beginning to weaken, and or like was, their special effects budget changed. Like she's uh, getting a little desperate to lock in her presence as uh, a real being. Well, okay, so, so she asked, how is she going to get Phoenix's life force, by the way? Uh, grave consequences? <laughs> well, Justin, when a man loves a woman. <laughs> <laughs> grave consequences, Byron. There's something magical at play in grave consequences. Somehow she yeah. can get his life force and kill him by putting him in a coffin. Mel um, throws Phoenix in a coffin, then Phoenix... Tele- or Katrina teleports into the coffin with Phoenix. What, well, and, if, um, what if Katrina maybe. is then just in Phoenix's body and you never get to see Katrina again and you only get to know that she is living vicariously in Phoenix's body? Is yeah, Phoenix Byron, could you, still, could you still get a boner then, Byron? Huh? You gotta still, still wear her outfits. Animal. Yes, he would wear her uh, outfits yeah. exclusively. <laughs> I will oh say God. that her current outfit... I don't want to be rude or brash or ungentlemanlike, but, but you really want to see Phoenix wear it. I understand. I but her current outfit really presents specific focal points. Fatrinix is your new fetish. Fatrinix. 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 is Byron's new thing. Phoenix dressed <laughs> up as Katrina. Fatrinix. Hey, everyone, everyone has <laughs> their thing. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Byron likes that Fatrinix. <laughs> All right. I've completely lost my place here, but uh, oh yeah, we had another match. It was a a, a title match. <laughs> yeah, 
Wow. Um, it, it was called the Too Little Too Late match. The uh, should have been two seasons ago match. Um, I, I'm never going to forget Ultima Lucha Dos, DJ. What Chris is this? Roach. You know, I feel like DJ set himself up for this because they were so worried about like, well, what do you do with Pentagon as your champion? You just have him run through all the other monsters and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yes, that's exactly what you do. And well, and that's what they're doing now. But it did feel in its booking a little lackluster. But I liked storyline where it went afterwards with Antonio kind of berating Matanza. And I almost feel like Antonio didn't have a problem with Matanza losing that this was Matanza's punishment. Like Dario got punished for, for their frivolity in the temple the year before of like, yeah, you weren't ready. You're not ready. You, you need to, to focus and, and I'm going to help you get your power back because you and your brother were dumbasses. So you deserve, to you are too energy. busy getting colonics from beautiful women. I don't think he got a colonic from a beautiful woman. I think, I think if anything, he, just, he sat on Rey Mysterio. <laughs> no, he, he's got no energy because he was fucking Rey Mysterio's corpse all summer. Maybe. Exactly. He's just Pentagon out of fluids. And eating bail Three super pile drivers to beat him. That's still something. No, no, it was something. The way the match worked, the storytelling in the ring was great. It was pitch perfect. I had no problem with it at all. I do feel a little bit like Casey, though, that it was like, ah, I really liked it, and I really liked it here, but I really would have liked it there even more. Uh, yeah. yeah, the crowd was ready for them to do it then. Yeah. And, and now it's just a bunch of dudes with neck beards that I've never seen before, and you guys and Vanilla Ice. Well, it gets better or worse. White people. Um, so, and then finally we have Jeremiah inserting himself into the grave consequences. Oh, that is not the only thing he inserted himself into just then. Why do you think I said yes so fast just then? And Tony, you had sex with Jeremiah Crane? No, he had <laughs> sex with me, Byron. Um, I didn't see that on the show. The record's cut. When as soon and as soon as I heard about this match, I thought for sure um, this is it for for Jeremiah. This is the end of the road. Phoenix will be fine. Mill will be fine. Jeremiah dies. We'll have to watch next week and see if I'm right. But uh, until uh, until a Cubs fan spoiled on Twitter, good job, Lucha Blog, that there's going to be two coffins in this match, so two people are going to die. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, breaking news from Lucha Blog, apparently. Three-way to the grave. So, so this is not a grave consequences now. This is now a three-way to the grave match. Wow. This is an Antonio uh, original. No, and it is because there's never been a three-way casket match. I've looked it up. So this is an Antonio Cueto original here. Three-way three, three to the grave thing. So we'll have you know, to... You know in Japan when they do casket matches, they call it the Undertaker death match? <laughs> It's appropriate. That's what it is. Jason, Jason the Terrible loses every fucking time. Um. Anyway, so that's that. That's the episode. Much better than the previous week. Uh, yes. Giant leaps forward. Like, and, and the ratings. Uh, what were, the ratings weren't as good, right, Case? No. Um. Apparently, this is from our friends over at uh, SoulCal Uncensored. They're the ones that reported it that they basically lost one third of the audience, uh, ratings wise. Which 
it sucks because this was a really good episode, but it's what happens yeah. when you lead off with a shitty episode. Honestly, I, I mean, their think... hands were tied, but yeah, but also the season premiere, I think probably just had a huge, huge bump just because it was a season premiere. No, but imagine like you're like telling your friends have never seen the show before because, you know, like like yeah. when I came to you, Byron, I'm like, dude, you got to see this show. It fucking rules. Right. And I sent you cool clips and stuff. It imagine was not if you a had... good entry point into the show. Right. Like imagine yeah. like really like if last week's show was the first episode you ever saw of the show, would you ever watch it again? I mean, I, I don't know. No. I mean, the I probably episode. would because Pentagon rules, but you know. But how would you? Yeah, but still, that it wasn't really him ruling wasn't executed all that well. I mean, he stole. Yeah, I know, I know that. Yeah, less. But I mean, we can't just keep shitting on last week. We got to move forward. This week was well, great. And, and it's too. It's it sucks too because it's like, well, I hope you know that not in any small part that you know. I hope we didn't hurt anything by being honest about it, but we weren't the only ones. I mean, many people said that it was a little, you know, come see, come saw. It wasn't, it wasn't dead on last week. It just wasn't um, this week. It was, it absolutely was pitch perfect. Lucha underground. Like if you, if you watched this episode and you didn't like this one, then you definitely don't like Lucha underground because yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. That's the flow of the show. That is a basic episode, the right amount of vignettes, the right amount of in-ring work, the right amount of different styles between American guys and Lucha Libre guys. Um, you know, the right amount of Pentagon striker I thought was great on the mic in this episode. You know, you even had the vanilla ice factor there, like, you know, mm -hmm. with a celebrity, which we've had in the past with Robert Rodriguez and Danny Trejo, the and Fluffy, and other guys. And I like, also liked Vampiro threatening to punch Matt Stryker when he made stupid puns. I also I liked I liked uh, Vampiro speaking out very blatantly for the dark side and and yeah. you know Stryker bringing in a little bit of his god theory and trying to represent the light side. I kind of liked the that they're friends yet they have a a very distinct difference in opinion on what things should be. And I like how do you like, feel about Havoc? I like the line, um, light will always overcome darkness, and the vampire just says, I hate you. <laughs> it's great. That is good commentary. What about son what about uh them debating Son of Havoc being given a trios title on the spot in the champions? It's, and it's a good debate, don't you think? Uh well, I mean, I get both sides. I get Stryker saying, you know, he's been basically inferring like He's a good guy. We like him, and he's been a Look, trio. Newsflash, Byron. I'm never like going him. to bury someone from Cleveland. Yeah, but, but I sure as fuck will. Vampiro was right. Fuck him. I mean, <laughs> next week's guest on MMM show. <laughs> you know, I. It's just. But the thing is that them putting it out there and discussing it, I think, is good because. Otherwise, fans are going to be talking about it, and it's like it's it's a legitimate thing to talk about. It's hanging a lantern on it, is what it is in the in you know insider writing terms, right? Yeah, you have to. Um, all right, couple quick things I want to discuss. Um, uh, we don't need to get too far into money in the bank. Um, I thought it was an interesting pay per view. I'll say that like it was more worth it than most of them are just interest level wise. 
Uh, can we talk about how you were the only person that was a fan of Big Cass's work on the last pay-per-view? I liked it. Oh, uh, my God. I, I was. I was, totally, I was totally DMing with these guys like, hey, why do I like Big Cass all of a sudden? And I have never been a fan of this guy. And I then, thought that he came in looking better than normal. I, 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 I was feeling the gimmick. I don't know. I was totally feeling Big Cass. And boy, apparently I was really the only one. Well, apparently, yeah. News came out with Big Cass is that uh, there were uh, a few incidents, and also he's just hot garbage anyway, so he has no value and money that he brings to the company. So, why did they even bother but, to put him back on the card there? Was it really just because D. Bry was like, I'll take him, fine, fuck it, whatever? Well, one yeah. of the like the defining incident that just came out was uh, at a recent event, he had approached Carmela, who is famous, who, who's um, his ex girlfriend. Ex- ex-girlfriend and he was and trying to reconcile and, yeah and trying to beg her to take him back and she tried to walk away so then he grabbed her arm oh um got the attention the usos and i believe eric rowan maybe harper jumped in and fuck yeah situation uh you can read about it more online which I'm i didn't sure. see this and i and i'm I, and i'm not like Look an uso DM. fan and now i'm an uso fan wow look in the oh, dm man. and they would have fucked him up for that shit as well man. yeah they would have they would have pulled his fucking eyeball out you know you know first of all cass is a big old fat tub of shit and he's seven foot tall he can't wrestle you know for sure he can't fight he can't walk he can't walk he will flail <laughs> like, but it just, this, just he, based, he, like, waddles, it's I saw this thing on, yeah, I saw this thing on Reddit where they showed him doing a black hole slam, and they're like, "Look, that was awesome." And then, like, I think there was a worker uh, who analyzed it, and it made perfect sense. Like, you when you look at his feet, his footwork on that thing, you go, "Oh, he's not moving his feet right." Just the fundamentals of doing moves. Like, no wonder he blew his knee out. Like, he should blow his knee out. Every move that he does, he's not doing things right. He's not coordinated. He's a big clumsy oaf, and it's a good thing they fired him, and hopefully he never gets paid to wrestle again. Well, he's out, but uh, that guy is back in. Woo! Good old Ellsworth there. Hey, yeah. Indie dates because Thunder Rosa and him are squaring off. Tonight? Uh, Probably this weekend. Oh, that means he's got to drop the belt to her, right? Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> the man has got to win that one. Thunder anyway, Rosa. Uh, you can go on Instagram and Google the picture all you want, Byron. And you're not. What? Just go on Instagram. She's on there. Um, oh, somebody was asking <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> the keyboard. But was, my yeah, Instagram. Was, was, um, it's the same. Uh, it's it's at, at Justin Harvey seventy five across all forms of social media though i do not take friend requests on facebook so i will you know instagram twitter leave me alone on facebook anyway yeah, um anyway yeah, I'm, just a, I'm just a twitter person what was i gonna say um yeah so ellsworth is back in which is yeah good. because when your I'm company good. makes billion dollars the first thing you do is you hire back james ellsworth i think he's good <laughs> I think he does. I think he's good. I, I like him. I, I think he he was hilarious in everything that he, he did. I thought I it was it. really strange when they let him go in the first place. I didn't right, quite yeah. get it. I mean, like, it was what? like the guy yeah. can't cost that 
much money. Like, and right. the, it's not like the gimmick's not over, and he's not really pissing anybody off in the back. Like, why did they let him go in the first place? Yeah, well, he's a veteran, and he's respectful and humble. Two, he's a solid, solid worker, which means you could depend on him for live TV stuff. And three, he gets over. Did mm -hmm. you do you think that that it was just a straight contract thing where he didn't want to resign for the same amount? Was he holding out for more money? Like why why did they let him go? I think everything that that he was around for at the beginning was just like oh let's extend him a little bit, let's extend him. And yeah, so they kept was, like stringing him along. Gotcha. And then he 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 was they were gonna just they were done with him. And then because um, he was used in the um, AJ Styles, um, Dean Ambrose thing. And I thought I was a big fan of that. I don't know if you guys were, but I was a big fan. Oh, he yeah, was it was basically, good. He was basically a part of keeping their shit fresh. And it was great. But then, it, you know, it wasn't about him. And when that was done, then their time with him was done. But Carmella saw use in him because Carmella, it turns out, is – the 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 shining light between the the New Jersey or New York whatever, uh you know Cass and Zoe those people like she Let's found an idea or came up with an idea and pitched it and sold it to get um Ellsworth as her manager as her sidekick and that was great and it's so great that they're going and it's all credit to her they're going back to it again, um but. It's like that's useless for a while, and then they're done with him. Like he wasn't a roster guy. He wasn't like okay, he's a WWE employee. It's all right. Let's have him do this thing, and then there's nothing left. You know, right? The, I think the answer for Ellsworth is Hulk Hogan push. No, Stone Cold push. Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold. Push. Um, yeah. Casey, did you watch that pay per view? Fuck no. Man, Shinsuke Nakamura is the king of dick kicks. There were so many dick kicks in that AJ Shinsuke match. You, It would have been like your third favorite match of all time. Mm. Okay, maybe not. Maybe 33rd. Maybe 333rd. But still, there was a lot of dick kicks. I feel like it would need like a guy dressed like a monster. Right. Just kicking someone in the dick. Like if Jason the Terrible got kicked in the dick by like the Crypt Keeper. Five... <laughs> five stars seven stars is it worth going back and watching the match or should we just wait till the next one uh, yeah uh, the next 10 it might be i don't know again i was very entertained by it um i thought ronda's match was also very good as expected um she worked and practiced so hard for that one match that it was pitch perfect like the, yeah the that she got off of nile like Look, if you're going to spend three weeks working out one match, it goddamn well better be good. Oh, and, and they they haven't announced her as the DLC uh, pre-order bonus yet, but the no, AJ Styles thing from last week was right, so that's going to be right, too. Yeah, no, she is. I don't know, dude. I canceled the network for New Japan World, uh, which is playing CMLL shows now, but they're weird. Like, they're going to do a live one. Uh, in a few days, CMLL, and it's going to work in the United States because before the CMLL stuff was blocked for all of North America, they figured out how to just block it in Mexico where the copyright issues are. So now, yeah, so now it'll show up on New Japan World. So the 25th, there's going to be a live show. Huh. But the show that they played a couple days yesterday, it was from June 1st. It was super old. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? And now, um, 
They're showing Ring of Honor on the New Japan World schedule, which will probably be blocked for North America, I would think. Uh, I don't know, because the way their syndication works for Ring of Honor, it is so hard to find that goddamn show. It's all but Yeah, New Japan World yeah. is starting to really bring in their their affiliated groups as far as uh, streaming on the site. Not everything Man, is available it everywhere, like though. It looks like their new front office people are really making a push to go global and try to give WWE yeah. a run for their money and start touring and, and really trying to saturate the global market. They need to make the website navigation a little bit easier. You can yeah. get a Chrome extension um, that I found on Reddit that really helps out with the but translation. But I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I can half read Japanese. That's not even the problem. It's just a, I think it's just shitty layout and navigation in general. I yeah, it in Japanese. Read Japanese. So I, I, I think it just needs an overhaul. I think they need to overhaul that yeah. website. Um, but I do recommend subscribing because we got the G1 tournament coming up. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. so yes. tough for me, though, because I have my CBS All Access subscription for Big Brother this summer, and I just don't know if I can give that up, Byron. Don't watch I can't, Big Just Brother. like Casey, I can't keep them all, and I've got network right now. I guess maybe I should give up network. Anyway, the Ronda thing. Um, the match was great, and the storyline on the following Monday, uh, Alexa coming in, cashing in immediately, taking the belt. Like, what other story could make more sense than that? You got two monsters. Ronda's just fucking handed it to Nia. Alexa slides in there, gets the fucking win. It screws Ronda over, and then Ronda goes ballistic on Monday night, lays everybody out, lays out the refs, lays out Alexis, Alexa Bliss, lays out fucking Kurt Angle. Perfect storytelling because now they can suspend her for 30 days and protect her from TV more and have people still liking it and not feeling like they're getting robbed of more Ronda, which is what they are. Oh, and um, I want to say to Andre in the chat, you should try the DDT website sometime because it's 10 times worse than the New Japan site to navigate. Um, but uh, I do want to say, you want to talk about great storytelling? Um, my favorite bit of storytelling was in New Japan where Michael Elgin immediately lost his title back to Goto. And that was tremendous because fuck Michael Elgin. Yeah. Um, one thing about the Ronda uh, thing, Monday was cool. I, I didn't watch the show, but I saw that segment. It's great storytelling, but as a weekly um, traveling sort of circus, uh, people are upset that they don't get to see Ronda at shows they bought tickets for. Yeah, but you know what they're doing to compensate for that? Like she, what? she just did the house show out here. She's doing the house show Sunday. She's doing big appearances on house shows. They're booking her on the, like the Australia thing. She's a special attraction. Like guys, you don't get to see her every time. You don't get to see Cena every time. You didn't get to see Rock every time the last two or three years. That's just the case. You'll see her in the big cities. You'll see her when they when the WWE hits New York or Los Angeles or Chicago. And guess and what? When she goes to, when they go to Des Moines, probably not going to get Ronda. Suck no, it. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some friends of ours who were wanting to see her at a San Diego show. Yeah. They'll get their chance, though. They'll get their chance. They got to understand that the protection of Ronda Rousey is worth probably at least $30 million to them, which is not like all the money in the world, but it's enough. Like yeah. they have to protect Ronda. They have to use her a certain way. And I think that they were overshooting the mark. Um, and, and the real mistake is not in what they're doing now. 
The real mistake was when they promised that she was going to be a real performer and that she was going to be on the show every week. Yeah. They shouldn't have made that promise in the first place. They didn't need to. I think everyone would have accepted it fine. They were doing that to try to give her credibility of saying, no, no, she's going to really come and wrestle and really be a performer. Sure she is. That's great. So she's not Brock Lesnar. That's fine. But at the same time, you still have to protect her. You have to protect her for other reasons. You have to protect her from herself. You have to protect her from hurting other workers. She's still very green. She needs the time building up to it slowly. Having her workout matches for two or three weeks before she goes into them is a good idea. It makes for good television. It makes for pay-per-views that are actually worth your $10 a month. And it, it, it keeps her as a viable money-making thing for when they go to Australia or they go to Dubai or wherever the fuck they're going to go to some giant, you know, 80,000 person open arena kind of thing that they want to do or Toronto or Superdome, whatever. It, it, you, they got to keep her a special attraction. They can't have her do what Sasha and Bailey are doing. And it's like restarting the same feud 700 times to the point where nobody gives a fuck. We don't care if Sasha turns heel. I don't care if Bailey turns heel. I don't care if they beat each other senseless for the next five episodes of Raw. We have seen it. It has been done. Leave it alone. Nobody gives a fuck about Sasha and Bailey. Sorry. Completely separate point. Um, Ember Moon. That's where it is. Well, I know. I mean, I think honestly where it is, it's Alexa. She's She's the top woman in the wwe she's the top woman in wrestling right now it's she's not the top, yeah but alexa bliss is the top wwe superstar in a woman's division but i'd rather watch ember moon wrestle ember moon still gotta earn it alexa earned it and is better at it right now no i'm 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 just saying like my preference is not the type of product that wwe puts out i'd like to watch the wrestling matches well i'd rather watch ember moon wrestle but i know that alexa bliss is to your point their biggest actual wwe star right but that's because she that's because she is as good a wrestler as many of those girls i won't say she's the best one but she's she's good she's credible she looks good and she can talk on the microphone she's the rock is what she is She's the rock. He was, I would say the rock. If you take away his sharpshooter, he was a better worker. Oh God. That sharpshooter was so fucking uh, bad. I don't think rock was a better worker. Maybe work. If you include his sharpshooter, he's probably a couple notches below. Yeah. I, I don't know. He had a couple of things in his move set that were like, eh. though, obviously you do have to give the rock points because his finishers, we're more over and got bigger pops than than anything Alexa's doing as a finisher and had more credibility, even though he is dropping an elbow that typically didn't even connect with people, which was amazing. It was a Muda elbow. Yeah. Stalled Muda elbow. I mean, he was throwing the elbow back at himself as he landed more than he was ever trying to hit anyone. Neither here nor there. Um, wait, Byron, you're probably the only person that would have any kind of opinion on this. Sanity got called up to SmackDown yeah. this week. Do you care? Uh, I do care. I I didn't see it. I probably should check it out. I've just been too busy. Weren't, weren't they just like not but, getting called up because of trademark issues with the name or something like that? I don't I don't know about I don't know about that. I think it's also just a thing of they probably weren't given a direction when they got called up, and also mm. they're missing Nikki Cross, which is part of their appeal. 
you know wait she didn't go she didn't move up with them no no they kept her down to um to to she's like the fill out the women's division yeah she's like the number two or three person in the female roster down there right now they can't really they, afford they, to lose god she's gonna be bald by the time she makes the main roster it's just Shayna. Shayna can't beat up dakota kai every week you know yeah um mm. so but i i mean i, I, I was that. i popped just because of ey like i it's like i remember seeing him on impact what 10 years ago yeah just like kind of starting He's, to get yeah. over and get pushed back down and just like you know struggling and impact and now holy crap the kid's on smackdown and i can't even call him a kid anymore he's like he's old as fuck yeah. now well, you have, I mean, it's, I think you can, I, you could talk about Eric Young and AJ Styles in the same breath, I think. Yeah. I mean, Eric Young got a, uh, got a run on top, but he's kind of like the mid card AJ Styles. Like he's fucking solid, but he was a guy who, who TNA or Impact kind of just let go when they should have held on to him. They didn't. Oh, see God. Eric, Eric Young completely underrated. Bumper and seller. Oh, that man. guy's fucking and, amazing. And, and yeah, he used to be the dumbest shit in TNA, though. Fuck. What I love about uh, Sanity is that they have a team of everyone's different, and and the thing is, you have like Nikki Cross, who's who's amazing indie superstar. You have um, Killian Dane, who's uh, amazing indie superstar, and you have Eric Young, who's the veteran. But you have a guy like Alexander Wolf, who I've, I saw at NXT house shows. Like he's he was kind of fishing for something. He was like a German like super warrior at one point, which was a nothing thing. But they're trying to find something, and you see him. It's not like he, he put on a new outfit, like or he got a gimmick. Like you've seen him as he goes on, add so much confidence to his performance. Right. Well, and but then, but but what's going to have to happen at SmackDown is. It's going to have to be EY's charisma that gets him over. Yeah. I mean, now this is it. The kid's been working at this for a long, long time, and now is the chance where he's got to fucking run with it. Like, the second they give him the microphone, he better come with something hot. He better come with straight fire. Well, he has more TV experience uh, on wrestling shows, and he's done his on his own. He's right. done his We've own regular television shows. But I'm just saying like he, he's got to do it. He's yeah. got to like just run with it. Don't fuck it up, man. Yeah, that's it. No, I mean it's, it's, it's not like it's not like a rookie coming up, right? He has higher expectations, and yes. they're gonna depend on him. Because and they're gonna hold him to it too. They're gonna give him a chance to do it, and you know he's got two choices: he can be Ziggler or he can be Elias. But I do think that I do think Eric Young is the vehicle for Killian Dane for yes. Alexander Wolf. Yes, those that's where the money's at, and he is he is putting them over. That's what I don't he think is that he they would have gotten called up if that wasn't the case. But um, we'll see. Um, the other thing I liked about SmackDown, they had this weird gauntlet match. There's not much to talk about, but there was a middle section of that match that was uh, Debray versus Samoa Joe, uh, oh. and it was every bit as good as you would expect it to be. It was like, uh, you know, I just kind of had SmackDown in the background, ignoring most of the episode. Uh, the, you know, the Carmella stuff was good or whatever. But then I looked up and I saw that and I started watching it and it felt exactly like you wanted it to feel. It felt like that segment we were talking about from Impact last week where they dropped into that old great match um, and Samoa Joe is part of both of them. Um, but yeah, it, that was the Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, AJ thing where it just catches your attention and it killed the flow of the whole rest of the show because it was so d- damn good. 
D. Bryce and Mojo felt the same way. It was like this kind of throwaway moment in the middle of the show um, that wasn't supposed to be very consequential. Yeah. But like you look up and it was like, oh my God, this is the kind of wrestling I'm drawn to. And you know me, I haven't seen a lot of D. Bry. Um, So maybe that's why it was fresh to me. Um, but it looked great. And Samoa Joe, they actually called him the Samoan submissions machine after he moved from three or four different submission moves and he was chaining them together like he used to. Like, I haven't seen him do uh, that in WWE until today when I watched SmackDown. He may have done an NXT at the very beginning. But Maybe yeah, a couple not, times. Not I, I, shows. Yeah, and I should never say never, but this was one of the first times when I was like, it was noticeable. Debray was also selling it the right way. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Ronda thing will be interesting. We'll see where that goes. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see how they build the SummerSlam. I don't think this Extreme Rules pay-per-view is building too much so far. Um, you know, you've got weird stuff like Rusev versus AJ happening now, which is great. But I don't, I, I don't think that WWE is taking that as seriously as I almost feel like it's a slap in the face. It's like they get to the pay-per-view that they know is a nothing pay-per-view, and they're like. Oh, just give all the fanboys whatever they think would be cool. But then you know it means nothing. It's kind of bullshit. It kind of irks me a little bit. So I feel like we're going to get some fanboy matches that'll probably be great, and then WWE won't do anything with them. Um. Anyway, I got to talk about Impact. Because you know who came on with the hot segment this week. Was it the guy that said goodbye to Impact on Twitter yesterday? <laughs> nope, that wasn't the hottest segment. And it wasn't even Conan who had a straight fire segment coming back to LAX this week. He had a backstage vignette that was very well acted. Um, loved it. Like, you know, Conan... Conan always was a star, but there's something about how he is portraying his character right now with a little more subtlety uh that makes him seem a lot more vicious when then he used to just run out and say he was bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy kind of shit like something about him now and him turning a phrase and his catchphrases is a lot more vicious these days but he wasn't even the most vicious thing on impact what do you think it was sid so young sid nah, vicious wasn't too young Taya lost the, this week too which i was not happy about i didn't like I'm, that i'm week. very excited it was fucking for the new beginning. It was Kevin Cross. Kevin Cross. Oh, wait. Um, because you don't call him that, Justin. The artist formerly known as Kevin Cross. Okay. Killer Cross. These vignettes. I, I asked Kevin the other day. I was like, are you writing these? Are they watching your YouTube or whatever? He's like, no, this is, this is what they've got for me. Um, uh, he's and, running his own shit. It's it's uh it is pitch perfect for the way I always wanted to see him come in and be portrayed. I'm a little bummed that it's not in Lucha Underground, but I'll take it. Like I will yeah. watch Impact every week now. Can't say that before, or I'll, I'll at least try to search out his segments and his matches. Um, what what I really enjoyed about his promo, uh, sorry to talk over you, but no. it started to veer towards, um. It's really in tone started to veer towards Joker and the Joker, a uh, Heath Ledger Joker and Heath Ledger Joker is super badass, but a lot of people really do it. Even like sting really did it. And it started to veer towards like 
it's like it got badass but then it started to get into that oh this is the joker thing everyone does and then he brought it back to like the he when he said i am the new beginning that that to me like made it kill a cross more than anything else and it just to me it, every single moment and every single word that he says pardon the pun but has an impact it has meaning it does and, and i think it's the evolution of a gimmick where it's perfect timing for a company like impact to pick up a guy like this because he's been honing this gimmick on his own for a while like you and i we love that segment where he mm -hmm. chases down paulie culver in the fucking radio studio hilarious yeah. <laughs> and, great. and yeah. it's it's totally the kind of start of this portrayal and then he's got that other video where you know he walks up to the guy standing around outside and then just smashes a cinder block with his hands and then gets in the car and drives off and just like what the fuck? that's just some vicious shit to do um you know, and he's got all these bits that he's been doing and then the stuff that he did in Triple A the first time where he's popcorning yeah. people's eyeballs and mm -hmm. then now with the mad gimmick. Um, like his portrayal in, in various companies that he's been in has, I think, led him to this and this being the right moment to kind of unleash the killer. Like, I feel like this is the real start of the Killer Cross gimmick. Like, he changed Absolutely. the name a little while ago, but this is the start of it absolutely it's like a mixture of it's like a mixture of like joker of bronson of um i don't know who else like fucking american psychos yeah, yeah. American psycho is a big one um i mean yeah. it's like it's a guy who knows that he is more powerful than anything else in the world so like he as angry as it gets, he you could see that he doesn't stress about anything because he knows that he can crush anything and anyone around him, and that's fucking scary. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean it. It it's just it's gonna be cool to see what they do with it. Like, it's gonna be interesting and weird once they bring it down to the ring. And my biggest fear and concern with them bringing it to the ring is honestly the lighting and that crowd. It's like, oh damn, I want him to have a presentation that's a little bit darker and whatnot. And I just don't know if the impact zone itself is going to allow the gimmick to get to where it should get to. Like, I think the backstage stuff is going to be great. I think his in-ring work will be fine as long as they, yeah. they use him with the right kind of guys, which I actually think they have the exact right opponents for him uh, at impact. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it gets to. Yeah. I am also interested in the Sammy Callahan Pentagon thing. As I said last week, I thought they did the build with that nicely. And then Meef, what the fuck is going on with Phantasma? They have this weird match. Pentagon almost loses his mask. Cuerno comes in for the save, and then he's on Twitter talking like it's his fucking farewell to Impact. Well, let's, we're not going to read into things too much. And I don't know anything, you know, insider information on it but from it i would gather that it's to do with you know it's going into triple mania season soon enough and he's going to be busy with that i mean i think they've got maybe four or six dates set for tv before triple mania i'm not sure right so i think he's most time doing that and i don't know with the tapings because i think the tapings have just been yeah, they finished them. So so I don't think he most, I don't, yeah, I don't think he was at them 
or if he was, it was like. I mean, he was also he was making it sound like stuff. this was his last match from those tapings, even. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think so I, I don't think that there's any reason to believe there's been any bridges burned or anything. It was just kind of a weird, strange, cryptic tweet from Phantasma. Yeah, I, What's weird I is that it's it's, like, yeah. It will, we're sorry to interrupt, but it's, it's, it's weird for me. Like, um, I don't follow AAA as much as you guys do, and I'm not as big of a fan as Phantasma as you guys are. But as a casual fan who casually watches Impact, I see the value in Phantasma being a guy who represents Lucha Libre on that show. He's well-spoken with his English, and he's a solid worker. He has a great look. He, he has a great gimmick. He has a mask. Uh, which looks cool and helps give him gives him his own brand. It seems like, and especially with a company that's tried to hire Del Rio so many times and invest in him, and you know brings in Penta and Phoenix, like you want to hang on to Phantasma. Like I don't know why he wouldn't be around. Yeah. So I think it's not he's he's not quit and they haven't got rid of him or have said oh wait. right I think it's more of a case of it it's getting to that kind of season where he can't go somewhere else too much because he's going to be doing lots of press stuff for Triple well, you know and I was saying I was saying I was saying this earlier too I, I it made me feel like maybe he's going to lose his mask at Triple Mania and that maybe he's going to come back without the hood. Oh, you think, Justin, uh, out of all the people in that match, come on. Parker's losing it. Parker's losing it, Casey. He's Look, song. Just, just because he just wrestled Rush and completely lost his mask and had his face painted underneath tonight doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. Meatloaf, Meatloaf, what would you think? What would you think if in a few months, kind of like uh, whatever time off you need for a minor repackaging, Phantasma comes back without a mask and a slightly different look. I mean, there's, there's, there's two there's two things for it. So on the left hand, I'll say left hand side of me is like you know I don't want him to lose his mask because it the symbol and like the kind of the fact that it's his look and it's been his and it's his gimmick that's handed down by his dad to him is something and tradition. Is the kind of thing I want to see him keep it. I don't want to see him just um, Al mass it and so just kind of chuck away the masks for cheap. I mean, in my opinion, he's got some you know great guys he's up against, but fucking psycho clown can't fucking like hold a light to the, what this guy can do in a ring. And terrible. Be allowed to have um, Wagner's mask hanging on his fucking wall. Wait, can I go back and, and revamp my answer from before instead of Jerry Lynn? Can I say Psycho Clown? One of the all-time oh. greats. Oh, fuck off. Just kidding. But so the, the thing is, is I don't want to see him lose the mask. And he can continue doing what he's doing with the mask. But is there a way because Dr. Wagner keeps his mask, but he doesn't wrestle with it? Like he keeps yeah, his heritage. But I don't, yeah, but it's, it's not cool. It's not if you lose a mask much, you know that's it. But for me, as much as I know, I've said it, I've said it before. I said it when Phantasma, when I first got into kind of following Phantasma. If he loses the mask, he can do more with his career. Yeah, he's he what early mid thirties. It's time. Yeah, 
He's he's um he's two years old. Yeah, eighty five. I think was who's born him. He's so either got to do it now or when he's than Justin. What? Yeah. He's either got to do so, it now or when he's fifty. Like I, I think like yeah, now yeah. is a good time. So I, th- I think if if he loses the mask, either thing is is re- so he can as Byron said he's really good with his English. He's mo- like you know multilingual. He's an intelligent guy. You know he's he's got a degree um, in relations and everything like that. And I just I th- I th- I personally was hoping that he would go to me. I get gimmicks aside, keeping his gimmick, but being able and because of his language, and he can, he speaks clearer than Rey Mysterio did. Yeah, I just see that he could have been the, the he could have been what they want always wanted and have tried with Del Rios and all these other guys. I think he still can be. I think I think he can be completely. I think he finishes out a Lucha Underground run. You know, he keeps his mask on at Lucha Underground. I think he finishes out that run as Cuerno. Uh, he does impact for two years without the hood and and does a bunch of AAA stuff, and then he fucking bails and tries to go to WWE. And his WWE is gonna unmask anyway. Might as well do it on your own terms. Get the yeah. payday. Yeah, but I think I think that, then he could ride out a good solid six seven years at WWE and be better than a lot of the guys that that have come from similar backgrounds that have tried to do the same thing. You know, I, I was just hoping that he would be the guy who could keep his mask, and because of how good he is in the ring and how good he is with his language, he doesn't like. They have to get rid of Almas's mask so that he's facially the little pretty boy can get over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Fantasma doesn't. He can do it with his language. He can do it with his promos. He can do that and his wrestling ability. He could. Almas needed. You know. With the WWE, I think that they've realized at this point that uh, Rey Mysterio was an anomaly for them. I don't think that they have any faith in their ability to get over a masked gimmick. I think they're selling a different type of product now at WWE. Like, sure, he can do that in, in Impact. I think he can do that with Lucha. He can do that in a lot of places. And I'm really happy um with his acting work on lucha underground this week i was like where the fuck has this been why haven't they not been doing this more with this guy but Mm -hmm. then hearing the weird way the 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 impact thing was brought me back to all those god damn it are they gonna do that to this guy in moments i was just like fuck here we go he's got this nice little run built up he's been on every episode of impact for two three months now and you know it's all been solid stuff and they've been kind of working him up to the top of the mid card kind of feel like where they could propel him into the the top of the card anytime they want to are they going to do it are they going to do it are they going to do it? no he's taking a break from impact what the fuck man that's the same shit that i felt with lucha underground when they started with this character and it just pisses me off so i i hope that the triple a thing pays off because that could turn this whole thing around he, something has to come out of triple mania for him. If, if yeah. he doesn't lose the mask and he doesn't do the demasking or doesn't lead to some bigger storyline for him out of triple mania, I got to say that'd be an epic fail. Yeah. It's for, for me when it was getting kind of decided, I just thought they were kind of just shoving him in there because the whole yeah, but, but then again, maybe maybe he wanted to lose his master to Hannah, or 
you know, because that, that match was what they were originally planning for Triple Mania. And then all of a sudden it happened earlier and now they're going to put... And it, it, for me, the reason he looks like the guy who's going to lose to most people is because most people see it and go, well, you know, LA Park, Pentagon and Cyclone. So he looks like a throwaway option. But then again, in that essence, couldn't he be the guy who's pinned first and therefore not actually lose the mask? Because it's elimination. So you lose the mask if you're the second to, you know, you're the guy who gets pinned in the final. <laughs> Such a weird idea. What the fuck? Yeah. It's Strange not, it's not a place to rule. Like yeah. As far as I'm aware, it's, it's an elimination and you get the last person to be pinned loses the mask. It should be an elimination and. Whoever wins gets to decide who's demasked. That's the way they should do that <laughs> shit. Um, because then you get well, because then you get the rub on two guys. Because then you know whoever mm. calls for the mask to be taken can get a certain amount of heat too, and they can get a bigger rub off the whole thing. Um, we should be able to pick. If you, you know, you know what you I think we should. We should start a wrestling promotion and try to do a show at Madison Square Garden so we can have it shut down. Yeah. <laughs> that was it's a okay. fun like, weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, don't worry. Wang is getting a show in Madison Square Garden. Why does anybody don't care? Worry. Why does anybody care? Why? I mean, I don't get me wrong. MSG is the mecca of sports in a lot of ways, and I get it to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's like go to Mohegan Sun. Go there's so many other places to go that expensive. are fine. Go over to Brooklyn. Like haven't they like expensive? Haven't they moved MSG a bunch of times, and it's not even like really the same building and like I, all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's been redone a bunch. No, of times. it just I I just find it weird that all these promotions get all excited about we're gonna try to run MSG, and then it like falls apart, and then it's like the end of the world. But it's like you were doing fine without it. Like you just did so good that you were even thinking about going to MSG. Who gives a fuck if you actually go? Do do what I remember when doing. Go to Chicago. I remember when uh, Impact ran MSG. So Impact's like, we're running MSG, we're running MSG. And they were really just running the Hammerstein Ballroom because that's like part of MSG. And uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah. That happens here. People say they're playing Wembley or the the fight's going to be at Wembley Stadium. There's like a back room. (laughs) And that's where there's there's like a vent. There's a venue, and like, oh yeah, well, don't get me wrong. There's some acts have actually played Wembley Stadium. It's not even the Wembley Stadium that exists anymore. The original Wembley Stadium, they've got a new one. It's shit. But um, yeah, there's like a a concert hall kind of thing. Also, the stadium where uh, where Bulldog and Brett wrestled is no longer there. Did the O2 replace that? No, no, no. So the the O2 was built for the Millennium. It was originally the Millennium Dome. Oh. Which was a terrible, terrible decision by the government. Uh, it costs like seven hundred million, something ridiculous. At the same time, we decided to change the national stadium, the football stadium, and like you know, where big sport events and things happen. And that cost a load of money and ran on for more years than it needed to to actually build. And they basically fucked it up, and it's ter- it's shit, so terrible now. It lacks atmosphere. But yeah, the the stadium, I think, it's moved to another part of London. I want to say, or, or like, oh, it's moved to another plot of land, but they took the, t- or they, that, or they just knocked it down, but kept the two towers that were there. Hmm. There's like two, like higher than the rest of the stadium kind of towers. Man, man, that's, it's sad. They should have a statue mm. of Davy boy where it once stood. 
Was that was that Sun, <laughs> SummerSlam they ran there? Was it SummerSlam? Him, him, yeah. Baby boy's son just stand there instead and act like a statue because I don't think it'd be very hard for him. Uh, he has the same he has the same brain power as the statue. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I don't Not have a fan of Harry Boy unless Byron wants to talk saying. about All In or Bola or. Oh, I do want to talk. If anybody, I, have, I, have to, I actually have to go because I have to wake up in a couple hours. To yes. Go to work. The last thing I wanted to throw in was uh, if anybody hasn't heard, uh, the Mav Pro show tomorrow is canceled. Uh, they announced that they had some some personal issues uh, with the promoter that he had to deal with, um, which is shame because it looked like a really good show. Sounds like they're trying to reschedule it here. Um, it's also a shame because it was going to be their last LA event for a little while. Cause they're going to do a couple of Vegas events. Those Vegas events are still happening. Uh, Mav pro is not going anywhere. It's just an unfortunate set of circumstances. So Sabu will not be wrestling cross tomorrow in North Hollywood as planned. Uh, it was their big ECW show heat wave. So, um, it's supposed to be Taya's debut at Mav pro too. a couple, a couple of fun people, but anyway, that's been moved, but bumps and bruises you can check out on Sunday. Marty Elias will be at that one. Um, anyway, that's all we've got time for. For Casey, Meatloaf, Byron, Jim, who's not here, Marty Elias, our awesome guest. Until next Thank time, you, Marty. Stay calm and stay in the mix. Peace.